Adult content intended for an adult audience only. All characters engaging in sexual relationships or activities are 18 years old or older. Contains explicit words, thoughts, and ideas. This story was found on a free website and brought to audio form here. I did not write and take no credit for this story. Please visit the link above to further support this writer. Elfie by Quixerotic One Chapter 01 Liam leaned on the counter as he watched the clock roll slowly toward ten. This had become a nightly ritual since his second day on the job. He watched the clock and reenacted all the events in his life that led him to being the closing clerk at a gas station in the middle of nowhere. It hadn't meant to work out like that, of course. Liam had started to wonder if anyone's life ever worked out the way it was meant to. He thought not that he was meant to move to Los Angeles. Liam didn't have much luck with college, but he did somehow manage to find Sarah. They dated for a year before she moved to LA and left him behind. As his own prospects started drying up, they discussed the idea of moving in together. Liam packed up his small collection of belongings and hit the road, ready to take the plunge with Sarah. Halfway across the country, Sarah changed her mind. She changed it so thoroughly that she advised Liam to turn back. She didn't know why she'd agreed in the first place. They changed too much while they were apart. She was seeing someone else, someone who would help her career. Liam had listened to her prattling on the phone while numbness crept through him. It wasn't the loss of Sarah that made him feel confined. It was the loss of direction. Growing up, he'd wondered how people wound up going nowhere in their lives. But then, on his way back to his small hometown, Liam understood. His parents were gone. He never made many friends. Those he did had moved on with their lives. He had no job, no schooling, and no real ambition. All his possessions fit in a 12-year-old Honda. He had his inherited childhood home and about three grand in the bank. While Sarah's voice on the phone explained the fundamental difference between Liam's aura and her own, he made his peace with becoming another bug stuck in the flypaper of small-town America. Silverton was as good a place as any, he figured. It hadn't been a bad place to live for his first 18 years. No reason it shouldn't be fine for the back 60. The local shop had a help-wanted sign waiting for him when he got back to town, the perfect place for him to be miserable. The bell above the door rang, and Liam sighed. No one passed this way except for the people who lived in Silverton. Those people should know by now that the shop closes at 10 o'clock, but that rarely stopped them from coming in with five minutes left on the clock to ensure Liam had to suffer to the very last moment. Liam looked from the clock to the man brushing snow off his shoulders. Not a local after all, at least not one Liam had seen since he'd been back. The man looked like a bodybuilder stuffed into a red sweater and green slacks. He had a close-cut white beard and curly white hair that rolled down to his shoulders. The red in his face worried Liam. The last thing he wanted was a belligerent drunk demanding another sixer of beer. Not to mention the drunk driving worry, but Liam hadn't seen a car or heard a motorcycle in a lot. He didn't know how the man could walk to the shop in the pitch-black, snowy evening, but as long as he didn't actually see the man trying to drive there wasn't much he could do. Liam straightened up to watch him, silently hoping the man would turn around and leave quickly. Instead of beer, the man went to the candy aisle. He gathered as much as he could carry, brought it over, and dropped the armful of sugary sweets on the counter. Ooh. Candy canes, my favorite. The man said as he noticed the display beside the counter. He gathered six boxes and added them to the pile. Stoned out of his mind, Liam thought as he started ringing up the different baggies of gummies, sweet tarts, and a few chocolate bars. The man watched him work with a dumb grin on his face. A strong smell of cedar wafted off of the stranger. Cedar and chocolate chip cookies, Liam thought. He piled all the candy into plastic bags, said the total, and took the man's cash. Liam paused to look at the crisp bills. They were the old kind with the small portraits. He hadn't seen any like them since he was a kid. Don't worry about the change, the man said. And Merry Christmas. A laugh sort of rumbled through the man as he gathered the bags and headed out the door. Liam followed him, intending to lock the door behind him. It also gave him the opportunity to watch where the man went, but by the time Liam walked around the counter of the door, the man had vanished from the lot. No sign of tracks in the snow, though it did seem like a few deer had drifted by at some point. Liam flipped the open sign switch. The neon fizzled into darkness. He put the man out of his mind and went about tidying up the store. Why don't we have a shed for employee parking? Liam grumbled as he raked snow off his windshield. He usually killed time when the store was empty by coming out and cleaning the car off. Made it easier at the end of the night. Today, for whatever reason, he'd forgotten.
And so, after locking up he had to spend an extra fifteen minutes out in the freezing cold clearing enough of his windshield to get home. His house wasn't far away by Silverton standards. Most people lived out in the county, but his parents had built their house right at the edge of the city limits. Thus far in December, Liam had likened himself to Ebenezer Scrooge going home to a dark and unlit house, squirreling himself away in the upper room to have a meager meal before cursing the entire town and going to a sleep of fitful dreams. So, it was a stretch to say that Liam looked forward to being home, but it was the best available alternative to standing at work or out in the snow. Finally in the car, he sat for a while with his fingers held in front of the vents, relishing the warmth on his trembling hands. He threw the car into reverse, backed out of the lot with one last spiteful glare toward his necessary source of income, and then pulled out onto the dark road that would take him home. Christmas music played on the radio as he drove. It was the only station within range that wasn't country or some deranged preacher talking non-stop about the end of days. Despite his continual foul mood, the old standards of the season remained catchy. Before long, he was drumming his fingers on the wheel to the tune of Rocking Around the Christmas Tree. Ten minutes after he left work, Liam came to a clear stretch of the highway that ran between two open, fallow fields. The road had a thin layer of snow, but he had years of experience navigating snowy roads. He also very much wanted to be somewhere warmer, so he kept a quick speed. His finger drumming had evolved into a quiet singing. The thin beams of his Honda lit the road right in front of him, but otherwise the world was dark, the moonlight blocked by the snow clouds overhead. Still, Liam noticed something above him in the sky. Perhaps he didn't see it so much as sensed it. Something drew his attention to the sky above him, and he saw several spots of faint, gleaming metal following him overhead. He leaned forward over the steering wheel, straining to get a better look at the peculiar lights and shadow. Could it be a low-flying plane? Or an enormous animal of some kind? His thoughts cut off as he saw something falling. A shape tumbled through the air end over end, getting larger as it fell closer. Liam's brain locked up. He didn't know what to do. Slamming on the brakes would case him to skid in the snow. Continuing on would surely result in a collision with the falling object. His heart thudded in his ears as seconds ticked by. He moved his foot to the brake and pressed down. The car lurched. Liam's body shifted forward, the seat belt pulling hard against his neck. The back side of the car started to swivel. I'm going to flip. He thought, but he kept his eyes on the object. In the next second, it slammed into the snow. The car kept moving and now the fallen object was directly in his path. Liam turned the wheel against the inertia of the swerving back half. His body jerked in the opposite direction, but the effort succeeded. The wheels gripped the road again. The car skidded to a stop only a few inches from the thing from the sky. Liam's hands clutched the wheel, turned white from the pressure. He pried them off while his eyes remained fixed on the dent in the snow. Climbing out of the car, he first looked up to see if that shape in the sky remained, but it had vanished. He looked in either direction, hoping he would be lucky enough to have another car come along to help him make sense of the situation. Dread addling his senses, he started to walk toward the thing blocking the road. The thing was the man from the shop. The large man with the white beard that smelled of cedar and chocolate had just fallen out of the sky. Liam looked up again as if the new information might suddenly make everything resolve into a logical explanation. It didn't. But it did help his brain to start moving again. He bent down to check on the man, but did not see any visible injuries. Instead, he saw a thinness. In the shop, the man had been very solid, but now Liam had the impression that if he tried, he could reach right through the man's body. The man's eyes opened, looked around for a moment, then down toward his own body, and then right at Liam. Seems I've run my course, he said before lapsing into that deep, rumbling chuckle. Too many sweets. Shouldn't have been out driving. Where's Elfie? She's always, oh, oh, right. There'll be a new Elfie. Looks like it's you, Liam. Don't worry about me. You'll understand one day. As the man spoke, he began to fade. Liam watched a full-sized man that had fallen out of the sky vanish into snow flurries. They drifted down and joined the others. Astounded, Liam's hand shoved into the empty air where the man had been. He looked around wildly, expecting to see the stranger standing nearby, having pulled some kind of sleight of hand. Instead, he saw a woman standing a few feet away. A naked woman, in the middle of the street, in the middle of the night, in the freezing snow. What the fuck? Liam whispered. Hi. I'm Elfie. What the fuck is happening? Liam scrambled up and backed away from the woman. She was gorgeous. Petite, with sizable breasts and plump hips. Golden blonde curls covered the top of her head. 
She stood with her hands clasped behind her back, attentive, and visibly excited. I'm Elfie. She said again. Why are you naked? Where the hell did that guy go? How did you even get here? I am naked because you haven't fully formed your idea of me yet. The former Santa has, tragically, joined the elf wind. I arrived here because each Santa has an Elfie, and I am yours. Santa? Santa Claus? The made-up guy in the big red suit that delivers presents? Mostly, yes, but I can see that you're cold. It will take some time before you're ready to manifest. I also don't think this is the best place for that to happen. We should go to your dwelling. Is this it? She gestured to his car. No, what? I have a house, but I can't take dash. Oh, a house will be much more useful. This small thing will not do for the manifestation. Apologies, master, but it takes a while for the transference to complete. Until then, I will not understand many of this world's customs. I think, though, that you expect my body to be covered, much like yours. If you would, please picture what Santa's elfie should look like. The suggestion immediately put an idea into Liam's head. He saw a short green tunic that lengthened into a skirt, green striped leggings, curled-toed shoes, and a conical green hat. As the images came into his mind, they appeared on Elfie's body. Within seconds, she was dressed like a mall Santa's elf, though the tunic struggled to contain her ample chest, and the skirt barely covered her bottom. Liam's mouth hung wide open. I think I'm going to throw up. Don't do that, master. Instead, think of your home. Then, touch your finger to your nose and close your eyes. Like this. She mimed the gesture then waited. This can't get any weirder. Maybe it's a dream. Maybe I had a wreck and hit my head on the steering wheel. At least this is a fun way to freeze to death. He thought about his house, gloomy and dark. He wrenched his eyes shut, hoping that when he opened them he'd be back in his car and relatively unharmed. As his finger came up toward his nose, the world lurched underneath him, feeling very similar to how he'd been tossed from side to side in the car. The cold went away, and with it went the sound of the wind and falling snow. He opened his eyes thought he was in his house. The lights were off, and it wasn't very warm. The only way he could see anything was by the glow of various LEDs from power strips and appliances. In disbelief, his hand fumbled out to grab the nearest thing, a bobblehead sitting on his desk. It was his bedroom, and he wasn't alone. Elfie stood at the doorway, the exact distance away from him that she'd been out in the road. Her head rolled around to look at all the odd things in the room. She smiled at Liam. He again felt the need to throw up. The blood rushed out of his head, and the world went black. Master? I've taken some liberties in the operation of your home. Liam's eyes fluttered open. He had been moved to his bed. His jacket hung from the doorknob, and his shoes had been removed. Elfie sat on the bed beside him, her warm hands resting on his. Liam closed his eyes and opened them again. She remained. At that point, Liam's mind clicked into place and began accepting things for what they were. A magical naked woman had appeared beside him on the road after a different magic man, supposedly Santa, had fallen out of the sky before turning into snow. The magical woman had then created clothes out of thin air and somehow teleported Liam to his own house where he had then passed out. From this Liam had discerned his first question. What about my car? Oh good, you're awake. Your car came with you when you brought us here. The magic is pretty clever when you start out. Keeps you from whooshing us into the sun, things like that. It has a way of taking your intent and resolving it into the rules of the world. I assume people would have had questions if they found an abandoned car in the middle of the road, so your intent put the car where it is meant to be. I think in your garage, which is a word I've just learned. Or relearned maybe. Elfie talked fast. She had a peculiar sparkle in her eye that gave off an infectious excitement. Liam sat up, suddenly aware that an incredibly attractive woman was sitting very close to him in bed. A woman who he'd already seen naked and was very eager to do so again, under the right circumstances, which the current circumstances seemed very far from. Who are you? I know your name, but that doesn't explain anything. Explain to me what's happening. Gladly, master. I am Elfie, the first elf. That is what I was called when I was first given to mankind. Well, technically I was called Elfway in, well, you'd say proto-Celtic. That's beside point. Now it's Elfie. I am a face spirit that is reincarnated each time I receive a new master. I was given to men as one of several parting gifts when the doors of fate closed. My spirit binds to a person selected by the previous owner, and they become my new master, inheriting all of the powers bound to me. Over time, this person and I have become ingrained in human myth. The age of magic died, 
and yet many of the Feybound remained in this world, then becoming assigned to religion, myth, or legend. Her words formed a buzzing in Liam's head. You're a fairy? Of a sort, yes, she said with a chipper bop of her head. I do not have wings, but I can if you'd like me to. You were naked earlier, and then you had clothes. Why? Elfie frowned. I didn't think it would be this hard at first, she said. You don't seem to understand anything. I was hoping we could get to the manifestation quickly, so I appear naked in the female form which is what I best guessed would be the shape that inspired you. My head gets much less fuzzy once the manifestation is complete. You keep talking about that, the manifestation. What is it? Elfie smiled and nudged herself closer to him in the bed. You and I will fuck. Liam's breath caught in his throat and sent him into a coughing fit. Elfie was the most gorgeous thing he'd ever seen. Even in his shock, he'd been aware enough to see her amazing figure. The idea of her wanting to sleep with him was far and away the most incredible thing that had happened to him. Why? I mean, I'm flattered, but that's not exactly something that you do with someone you just met. She frowned, then stood up. Her elf suit began to crystallize, turning from green to white as it became snow. An impossible wind blew it off of her body, the snow fizzling into nothingness while Liam watched. She once again stood in front of him completely naked. She brought her hands up to her breasts and hefted them up. Are these not to your liking? They can be bigger. As she said it, her flesh wobbled and grew. Liam's head had long stopped trying to figure out what was going on, but his cock certainly understood. He started to get hard the second she was naked, but her breasts growing in her hands, spilling over her fingers, made him painfully erect. Wait, wait, he said, desperately clinging to his sanity. I definitely want to fuck you. But that doesn't explain why you want me to. Or really what the manifestation is. I get that you're a fairy and that I'm in way out of my depth, but I can't sleep with you unless I understand what's happening. Oh, I left out the most important part. The manifestation is how you become Feybound in our case, you will become Santa, and I'll be your Elfie. Become Santa? Like grow a white beard and get a big belly? Elfie shook her head. Fey have a particular, interest, let's say, in humans. We like sex. A lot. So Feybound tend to be very, sexy, of course. Since I'm bound to you, I get to make you how I want. Everything else is up to you, but I don't think any one of your predecessors has been a disappointment to any of my predecessors. You saw the last Santa. You'll be like him, not like that picture in your head. He'd been thinking about the Santa from a Coca-Cola commercial. How do you know what I was thinking? Can you read my mind? Sort of. If you picture something in your head, I can see that. But I can't tell what you're actually thinking. And it won't work very well until the manifestation. Liam started to ask another question, but stopped. Her answers didn't make much sense in the way he wanted to view the world. Magic didn't exist, for starters. Yet everything that had happened in the past hour had been magical. She made her tits grow. If that's not magic, then what is? So, that brings us down to a question. Do I want this manifestation thing to happen or not? She says I'll change. Become buff, brawny man Santa like that other guy. Maybe immortal unless I fall out of the sky. Maybe I have to deliver presents and live at the North Pole. I have so many questions. Elfie remained in her position, hands holding up her oversized breasts as her thumbs idly flicked at her nipples. She had a neatly trimmed triangle of golden hair above her pussy, and her lips were glistening with wetness. What have I got to lose? The initial thought was rhetorical, but it brought up a real question. What happens if I say no? Elfie frowned. Her breasts seemed to shrink slightly. Then Krampus would win, I suppose. Oh, for fuck's sake, Krampus is real too? The demon opposite of Santa that punishes people instead of giving them gifts? He's not a demon. He's a fae like me. It's complicated. All part of the original gift. But if you don't manifest as Santa, then there is no Santa until you die, and I'm released. Elfie started to sound heartbroken, and Liam wasn't emotionally prepared to deal with the crying, naked fairy with magic boobs. So you're stuck with me whether I do this or not? Yes, if you don't manifest, then you can will me away. You won't ever see me unless you call on me, but there will be no Santa, and the festival is soon. Krampus will win, and humanity will have years of woe. Liam sighed and scooted off the bed to stand up in front of her. That sounds bad, in a pretty high-concept fate-of-the-world-by-magic sort of way. Which honestly isn't my bag. But you're telling me the truth. I know that. I'm not sure how, but I just sort of know that you can't lie to me. Krampus winning this festival will be bad. And to beat him, I have to be Santa. And to be Santa, I have to, fuck you. 
Because a long time ago, some fairies decided that's the way things should be. Elfie's face had screwed up into one of near misery as she prepared to be relegated to obscurity by her new master. But things don't ever work out how you mean them to, I guess. I was supposed to have a boring job in LA while my girlfriend probably cheated on me. Now I'm gonna be Santa. You mean it? Yeah, let's, let's see where this leads. Elfie squealed and threw her arms around his neck. Don't worry, I know how to do this part really, really well. Elfie started to strip him out of his remaining clothes. Liam had been in shape once, but that had suffered some significant setbacks during his failed attempt at college. Then it had imploded entirely during his post-life-falling-apart depression. As she stripped away his shirt and his pants, Elfie revealed a flabby body with paste-colored skin and zero muscular definition. She frowned at him while he stood self-consciously in his boxers. Her breasts wobbled back and forth on her chest while she considered his form. She stepped closer to him, and he felt the radiant heat of her body. She might be able to wear clothes made of ice and alter the size of her breasts at a whim, but she was flesh and blood nonetheless. She gently put her hands on his stomach and moved them up his chest. Do you like the way I look? She asked. Of course, who wouldn't? You like my blonde hair and my big tits? Would you like my pussy to be completely hairless? Would you like my ass to be bigger? I can see things in your head, wild ideas that were never possible for you. Until now. I can be whatever you want. A kitty cat, furred everywhere except my pussy. I can even look like those other girls in your head, girls you thought loved you once. He brought his hands up to hold hers. No, I like the way you look right now, Elfie. Except maybe, you are an elf after all. Oh. She squealed. Her hands went to her hair and brushed it back from the sides of her head to reveal two long, pointed ears. That's a good start. I like to be changed, master. It brings me happiness to be what you want me to be. But I can tell that you're excited already. Her hands slid down his body and into his boxers. Warm hands gripped his cock, and Liam thought he might come right away. She didn't linger on him too long though, just a few strokes to keep him interested before she pulled down his boxers. Liam had never been with a woman in a lit room. Sarah had demanded the lights to be off before she undressed. He'd only ever seen his partners by dim, unflattering light. Darkness might hide flaws, but it hides beauty, too. Elfie had turned on his bedroom lamps, creating a warm glow of orange light. While he was horrified to be so visible and exposed in front of her, he was astounded by the beauty of the creature pressing against him. Feeling braver, he put his hands on her shoulders, moved them to her back, and then down to her ass. She giggled as he squeezed her cheeks. Her hands returned to his body, going up his back until her fingers curled into his hair. His cock pressed against her hip as she drew his mouth into hers. She tasted like icy peppermint. It was wonderful. Liam's arm wrapped tightly around her as he started to fall in love with the fae. She nudged him back to the bed, forcing him to lie down as she straddled him. His cock was pressed down between Elfie's abdomen and his own as her breast squashed against his chest. Her lips met his again. Golden curls fell around his face. His hands moved down her hips to squeeze her ass and pull at her cheeks. The thought entered his mind that she could have a bigger but after all. Immediately, her ass grew, and his fingers sunk into the soft flesh. Happy with that development, he moved his hands up her body to her breasts. They fit perfectly into his palms as he needed them. With a shift, he pushed her up so that her breasts were level with his mouth. He kissed and licked for a moment before taking a nipple into his mouth entirely, swirling his tongue around the rosy bud, and enjoying the sound of Alfie's moans. His cock nudged at her wet lips, but he resisted the urge to thrust up into her. He relinquished her breasts from his mouth only because he wanted to taste her lips again. She bent down to lick and kiss his ear before drawing him a deep kiss. Are you ready? She asked. Yes. He said, his voice a whisper drenched with lust. She started to push herself down onto his cock. The head of his dick slipped inside of her hot canal, and a ragged breath of pleasure eased out of both of them. More and more of his dick pushed into her, and every inch of it was welcomed with tight, hugging warmth. His arms wrapped around her pulling her down against him. Fully sheathed inside of her, he wanted to go deeper, to fill her up more. Elfie wriggled on top of him, a broad, happy smile on her face. She sat straight up. Her walls contracted as her hands went to her breasts. Liam stroked her thighs as her body shook with orgasm. Her moans were short chirps of pleasure, each of which caused a surge of warmth to course through Liam's body. He started to feel strange. The blissful feeling of being inside Elfie had distracted him, but now the new sensations were becoming overwhelming. His skin tingled with warmth. His face itched. 
A strange pressure pushed outward from the base of his dick. He groaned as Elfie raised herself up on his cock, except she went higher than he thought she could while still keeping him inside of her. He looked down between them and saw his dick, swollen and at least eight inches from root to where the head disappeared into Elfie's wet pussy. She lowered herself back down, her body quaking as inch after inch plunged into her. Once again with Liam's full length inside her, she said, That's a good start, but if you're going to be a proper Santa, you'll need more. She started to ride him, roughly pumping up and down his full length. The tingling sensation spread faster and grew more intense as Liam clutched the warm flesh of the magical creature changing his body. His chest grew broader and his fatty pooch melted into flat stomach. A muscle suddenly appeared whenever he exhaled. The itch on his face started to become maddening, enough that he took a hand away from Elfie's body to scratch. Instead of his smooth, baby face, he encountered coarse hairs which he innately knew would be a shocking white when he got the chance to look at them. The itching subsided, and his attention returned to the writhing mass of sexuality bouncing up and down on his cock. Her tits lurched up and fell down with each stroke, begging to be touched or kissed, but he had a new idea in mind. If he was to be Elfie's master then it was time for him to start acting like it. Sarah had never enjoyed any position other than standard missionary. He bet that Elfie didn't have that hang-up. Liam flipped her off him with ease, his cock slipping out of her hungry cunt with a wet slurp. She giggled and rolled over onto her back to tease him as he moved around. Her fingers went to her snatch and started playing with herself as her free hand started tweaking her nipples. My new fairy has some kinks in her, I think. But she looked smaller than she had before. Liam got to his feet and nearly whacked his head on the ceiling fan. He was taller. Much taller. Before, he'd been five feet eight inches, an entirely unremarkable height. Now he had to be at least six feet two inches. Maybe more. He had to concentrate to resist plunging himself right back into Elfie's waiting pussy as she teased him, running her feet up and down his chest, but he wanted to see himself. He stepped away from the bed and closed his bedroom door to see the mirror on the back of it. The man he had become looked similar to the man he'd watched vanish in the snow. Taller, with a stark white beard, but leaner where the other Santa had been broad. The beard was close to his face, but solid. The rest of his hair had turned white to match, but remained in its shaggy state. The most astounding change, though, was standing out from between his legs. His cock wasn't a measly eight inches anymore. If anything it was a foot long and girthed to match. Beneath his dick, his balls had swollen into two massive orbs in a tight pouch that felt full. He didn't know how his dick wouldn't rip a normal woman in half. But Elfie wasn't a normal woman. He wasn't sure she was a woman at all. He was sure, though, that she was begging for his cock to go back in her. Turn over. On your knees? He ordered. Elfie hopped into position with eagerness. She raised her ass up for him. He grabbed her hips, pushing his thumbs into her plump flesh. His cock slid easily into position against her pussy lips, and he pushed forward. Her walls stretched around his new cock, drawing every inch of him inside her as she moaned. Fully inside, he pulled back and looked down to watch his wet cock come out of her tight cunt. Even after everything else, what he saw surprised him. As it emerged from inside of Elfie, he saw a ring of solid white skin followed by a ring of red, repeated again and again until his cock had popped out of her a brilliant red color. He had a candy cane for a dick. Where do you think they got the idea from? Elfie said, looking over her shoulder. Put it back in me, Santa, I've been a good girl. Liam was happy to oblige. He pushed back into her and started to build a steady rhythm. His balls slapped forward against her wet lips as he slid into her again and again. He groaned as her walls squeezed tight around him on each thrust. Elfie writhed on his monster cock, her moans becoming a delirious cooing of pleasure. Her body would suddenly go rigid and her moans would raise in pitch, but he couldn't stop or even slow down. A desperate need to come overtook him. He needed to finish what he'd started. The transformation was part of it, but the manifestation wouldn't be finished until he came inside her. He understood through some cosmic telepathy that the moment his cum erupted into the hot pussy wrapped around his massive length, he would become something more than human. He pulled Elfie tight against him, pushing inhumanely far inside of her, and he started to come Elfie outright screamed with pleasure, and Liam roared as he flooded her insides with his spunk. He wondered if it tasted like his cock looked and made a note to ask Elfie later, when she inevitably sucked him off. Another wave of pleasure and another burst of cum. He'd never come even half that much in his life. He could feel her pussy filling up with the stuff, and it leaked out around his cock. Liam remained stuffed inside of her as they came down from their orgasmic highs. Finally, he withdrew, a gush of cum following out after his candy cane cock. 
Immediately, Alfie spun around and slurped him into her mouth, moaning as she cleaned his dick of their mingled juices. Finally, she gave up her prize with a wet pop as it came out of her mouth. She held him in place and kissed the bright red tip of his cock one last time before lowering it to her tits and rubbing it across them. Thank you, master. That was a wonderful experience. You're, uh, welcome, Liam answered. It was difficult to concentrate while his cock slid over her wet breasts. So, did it work? Did I manifest? Oh, yes, Elfie said. You're now the Feybound incarnation of Santa. My head is clear and your powers will develop. We have a lot of work to do before Christmas. That's when the festival happens where you duel Krampus. Don't worry, I think we'll win, but we need to recruit first. Recruit? Of course. More elves to start with, I think. But maybe you'd like to come in my mouth before we talk more. She didn't wait for him to answer. Her mouth opened wide and sucked her candy cane down her throat. Liam groaned, put his hands on the back of her head, and enjoyed the feeling of his elfie's chin pushing against his balls as his cock throbbed in her throat. This will be fun. Chapter 02 Elfie bobbed up and down on Liam's candy cane-colored cock. He knew that she was magical. For that matter, he was magical as well, but it was still bizarre to see all twelve inches of his cock slide so easily into her throat. Her beautiful eyes would occasionally look up to check if he was pleased with her work. He stroked her pointed ears to reassure her. Liam had become Santa of a sort. He'd become a lithe, muscular model with an enormous dick. But the physical changes were small compared to what he could sense. His dingy, dark room spoke to him. It wanted to change like he had. The bed, the walls, the lamps, every item around him had a small sliver of personality. Each of them wanted to be different. Liam simply needed to give them permission. His hands moved to the back of Elfie's head, pushing her fully down onto his cock. He started to spurt into her throat, while the room began to morph tendrils of red, green, white, and gold snake through everything. Lamps became hanging snowflakes that exuded warm light. The carpet retreated into a sturdy floor of well-trodden oak. His computer chair transformed into a tall, red-winged backseat, studded with golden rivets. Trinkets became nutcrackers, posters on his wall became stitched greetings of happy holidays. Outside his room, the staircase would change as well changing from cheap plywood spindles into sturdy hardwood. From thin air, garlands wrapped around the banister as a thick red carpet covered the center of the stairs leading down to the great room. The brick of the hearth turned over one at a time, becoming ancient stone lodged together with solid mortar. A fire burst to life in the fireplace casting warm shadows across the room. The furniture moved into the shadows and dissipated. An enormous tree that stretched to the ceiling grew right out of the floorboard. As it stretched, crystals of ice drooped from its branches, emitting a pale silvery glow. Around them on the branches, small ornaments popped out of the tree to sit comfortably in the boughs. The old couch that had shuffled out of the way began to stretch and turn to a soft, pine green. It became a chair almost as big as a king-sized bed. On the walls, a clock made of gingerbread started to tick. From the corners of the room, several toy trains emerged from the walls, running on tracks along the perimeter of the ceiling. A toy plane buzzed through the air, beginning to circle in the space where a ceiling fan had once been. Beneath it all, an enormous rug sprawled out, bearing depictions of creatures and places long lost to the world of men. The exterior of the house wasn't spared. Twinkling lights snaked over the dark house, glowing like soft embers as the idyllic Christmas scene developed. Snowmen in red hats popped up on the lawn. The mailbox became a large candy cane covered in wreaths. At the center of it all appeared another tree, as big as the house itself, complete with lights and ornaments. Liam pulled his cock out of Elfie's throat and looked around at his house. It's like a fucking winter wonderland. Yes, master, we have a certain style of magic. It tends to make things like this. I like it. Feels like home. She wiped a dribble of cum off her chin. Let's go downstairs and see the rest. Shouldn't we get dressed? No sooner than he said it than clothes appeared on their bodies. Elfie's small elf outfit returned, but with changes. The top cut down much lower, showing off her enormous breasts, and tights didn't appear on her legs. The tunic skirt barely covered her ass. When she moved at all, Liam got a full view of her wet pussy lips. For his part, a tight red shirt covered his chest, and a pair of vibrant green linen slacks covered his legs. No underwear confined him, allowing his cock to hang down the loose pant leg. Bright gold suspenders fastened to the front and the back. Liam ran his thumbs up them, pleased with what he saw. Neat. Elfie took him by the hand and dragged him downstairs. She twirled in front of the fireplace while Liam marveled at the small, 
seemingly autonomous toys flitting about the room. Elfie threw herself onto the oversized green chair, rolling around on her back, periodically flashing Liam. It was hard to resist the sight of her. Liam wanted to climb into the chair with her and spend the next hour fucking her every way he could think of. Except, that's not the kind of guy that Liam was. New cock aside, he didn't understand why his thoughts kept drifting to sex. Elfie, he said. When we bonded, did you change the way I think? Like I wasn't ever this horny before. Now I can barely stop myself from mounting you. You don't have to stop yourself, master. I am for your pleasure. Mount me, ravish me, come in me, on me, spray your seed on my tits, on my face, in my ass. However you want. It will all bring me pleasure. The compulsion threatened to take over Liam once again, but he stopped after two steps towards Elfie's spread legs, despite how inviting it looked to see her wet lips underneath the short green skirt. No, hang on. We can play later, but now I need you to explain. Elfie closed her legs and sat up with an exaggerated pouting lip. Fine. Yes, you have a stronger urge to fuck now. You're a little more fey than human, so you have the sex drive of a fey. And the stamina, and the rebound time. You can fuck pretty much nonstop if you want. You will say more dirty things, think more naughty thoughts, and crave carnal acts. But apparently you want to talk. Liam walked over to the fireplace and leaned against the mantel. He examined a few of the stockings, astounded at the detail in the stitching. I just think it's important to take a minute and understand what's happening. Don't worry, I can't wait to fuck you again. In fact, that's pretty much all I can think about. I have to concentrate on not thinking about it. He glanced over at her. She had rolled to her stomach, letting her ass display for him. She might have made it a little bigger while he wasn't watching. You said we had to do this to fight Krampus. What does that mean? Elfie gave her but one last wiggle to try and entice him, but when he crossed his arms, she gave it up for the moment. She sat up and crossed her legs, making sure he could still see her exposed sex just in case. It's not a fight. It's a competition. Krampus will bring his harem, and you will bring yours. We have a big orgy, and at the end, so long as Krampus is satisfied, everyone is happy. You mean the fate of the world hinges on a sex festival with an ancient fairy? Yup. It's not as serious as it sounds though. It's just part of the deal that Oberon and Titania made. I mean, it is serious in that if Krampus isn't satisfied then he will release the woe into the world and cause untold misery for all mankind for a period of seven years. Also, he'll enslave the two of us in the meantime, take from us the joy of sex, and leave us to the mercy of his satyrs. I'm not sure what that take the joy of sex from us part means exactly, but it sounds like something I don't want to happen. Right. That sounds not great. Liam said. I don't have a harem. Elfie leaned forward eagerly. You don't have a harem yet. That's the funnest part. We need to make more elves and some fawns and oh, a Mrs. Claus. I have to get married? Don't be silly, master, it's just a title. It's not the original title same as I wasn't originally called Elfie, but it's what it's been called for several hundred years now. So I don't get a wife, cause I kind of thought you, that's sweet, master. And yes, I am sort of your wife. Main consort, at least. But Mrs. Claus runs your house and looks after your harem for you. Make sure everyone is fed and cared for. Gives everyone jobs to keep them busy when they're not fucking us or each other. The closer we get to the festival, the hornier we all become, but through the rest of the year we're kind of normal. For Faye anyway. We feast and dance and sing and all that. How do I find her then? You don't find her, silly. You pick her. Just think of who you want for the job. Before he could stop himself, he thought of Emily, his high school sweetheart. She had moved back to Silverton after college, and Liam had avoided her at all costs. Once even hiding in the storeroom at work until she left. He'd been embarrassed about utterly failing at life. But now, that didn't matter at all. The image of her came into his head as clear as seeing it on a television screen. Emily sat in her small house, a book in her lap and a glass of wine in her hand. She's pretty. Elfie said, using their bond to spy on Liam's thoughts. Now, remember how to go places? Close your eyes and put your finger to your nose. Waddle she become? Something like me? When you come in her, she becomes whatever you want her to be. Hopefully something fun, but it's your first try so I won't expect too much. Liam already had some ideas. He closed his eyes, moved his finger to his nose, and the world lurched. Emily Jacobson poured the rest of the bottle of wine into her glass. She noticed a new set of scratches on her hand, probably from Miss Wilson's cat, Jeremiah. She'd had plenty of experience with terrible cats. 
Jeremiah rose to the top of that list. Emily held the bottle over the glass, letting the last few drops splash down. She even licked the bottle before tossing it into the trash. Why no? Is that better than alcoholic? She returned to her chair by the fire, but didn't bother picking up her book. She hadn't been following it for a while now, just glaring at the words and periodically turning the page. She'd passed tipsy and gone into drunk at some point, but it would clear up soon enough. While the clinic didn't take patients on the weekends, it still had boarded pets and emergency calls to worry about. Nothing worse than going shoulder deep in a cow anus while nursing a hangover. She'd been doctoring cattle and horses for almost a full year now. She told herself she needed to relax whenever she could. And oh, what I really need is a hard dicking. She was enduring a significant drought. The last time she'd had sex was in her senior year of undergrad. She fast-tracking through, and that left very little time for a social life. Still, she had a few friends with benefits over the years. As everyone got older, casual sex became more difficult. No matter how many times she explained to her hookups that she just wanted sex, they started to bleed into her life and demand her time. So, off they went, and Emily moved on to the next guy. The problem was that she burned through everyone she knew. When she headed off to veterinary school, that was the end of her sex life for a long while. It didn't help that she specialized in livestock care, leading to the inevitable jokes about fucking horses. She couldn't count the number of times that she went to a bar, chatted up some guy, got to the point of the conversation about what they were studying, and then immediately asked if she thought about fucking the horses. She would never fuck a horse. Nor was it even remotely decent sexy banter. The thought was obscene and offensive. But God what she would do for a man with a horse-sized cock. The last guy that she fucked was hung like a flea, but at least it had been a dick. The only thing that had really satisfied her was waiting in a drawer beside her bed. She'd kept it as a joke, obviously. Everyone always says they buy them as a joke. And the particular shape wasn't important. But what other shape would be picked by a few catty coeds who called themselves Emily's friends when they were shopping for a dildo to give her in celebration of finishing veterinary school, thinking about the silicon horse dick made her hornier. Having first-hand knowledge of horse dicks allowed Emily to give an educated comparison. Her dildo would have made a mare laugh. Living in Silverton had seemed like a good idea when she was halfway through school. She would come back, get the old place where her grandmother had lived, and be close to her parents. The thing she left out was a husband or a boyfriend. The dating prospects of the small town hadn't been great when she was growing up and were worse now. She even got excited when her mother told her that her old boyfriend Liam had moved back to town. But of course, when she dropped by the local shop to chat with him, he hid in a storeroom until she left. She couldn't tell who it had been more humiliating for. A an icy wind interrupted her thoughts and brought the sting of sobriety back to her. Emily looked at the window to make sure it was closed. Then to the door. Then she looked right at a pair of people standing on the other side of the room. Funnily enough one of them looked very much like Liam. If Liam was dressing up as a stripper version of Santa, which, Emily thought, could be exactly what she wanted. The man had his eyes closed, but the woman, who didn't appear to be wearing any underwear under her skirt, was looking at Emily with the face of someone who just remembered that their own house was on fire. None of this made any sense to Emily as the smell of peppermint and mistletoe filled the air. Lurid thoughts soon pushed those away. Something's happening to me, she realized. In the next second it hit her dot a horniness explosion was the only way to describe it. In her mind, she saw every scene of porn she'd ever watched. She saw all the men she'd ever fucked. She felt all their hands on her again, all of their cocks inside her at once. The imagery flooded over her, overwhelming her. She tried to stand up, but fumbled forward onto her hands and knees, throwing her wine glass onto the rug. She didn't care. Emily needed something to quell the raging need inside of her. The plastic cock upstairs was too far away. Her hand would have to do. She shoved her hand down her pants and pushed most of her fingers into her sopping wet slit. Still not enough, God I feel so empty. Frantically, she pulled down the back of her pajamas and slid a finger into her ass. She'd never been particularly fond of anal, but in her lust-drenched state, she quickly reconsidered. Her mouth was desperate to suck on something. A cock, preferably, but she could suck a tit or lick some pussy. Am I bi? Fuck it, whatever fills this hole in me, she'd lost most of her focus, but she did manage to look up at the pair on the other side of the room. They were arguing, but from her position on the floor finger-fucking her pussy and ass, Emily could see the enormous outline of a cock in Santa's pants, and the glistening of wet pussy between the elf's legs. Emily started to scoot toward them, not pausing in her efforts to get herself off. What the hell did you do to her? Liam demanded. Me? 
I didn't do anything. This is your fault. Elfie stamped her feet and crossed her arms. How can it be my fault when I don't know how to do any of the things you keep telling me to do? One second we're standing in my house that magically transformed into a Rockwell painting and the next we're in my ex-girlfriend's house while she masturbates on the floor. Elfie looked over at the woman half crawling towards them. You hit her with a full blast of your aura. What do you expect to happen? No, no, don't yell at me. I don't know why you don't know this stuff. After you manifest, you're supposed to just know all these things. She's experiencing what it's like to be in close proximity to a fae for the first time. Will this happen to everyone? Liam also watched Emily. She'd looked tired when he saw her in the shop that day, but now she looked radiant and half-drunk either on the wine or on his presence. Probably both. His cock had started to stir as well. It was hard to ignore the fact that her fingers were plunging in both of her holes with amazing dexterity. Emily had clearly gotten some experience since their young love. No, you just have to suppress it, but that won't do her any good now. She got a full blast. Her brain is full on sex pudding. Soon as she gets a hold of herself, she's gonna try and mount one of us. So get a good idea in your head of what you want her to be. Then what? Then we give her what she wants. Liam grunted at the fae in frustration. He turned to look at Emily who had paused her sex-driven crawl long enough to bring herself to her first orgasm. They'd been right at the end of high school when they dated. She looked much more womanly now, but she still hadn't filled out to the point that he'd like. Of course, he could fill her out to any point, even something ludicrous. Liam's most recent depression hadn't inhibited his porn consumption, and he'd seen plenty. Elfie had already teased one of his favorite fetishes with her swelling tits and ass, but she hadn't hit the core idea. Elfie rubbed her hand across her master's chest, moving down to stroke his rapidly hardening cock. Oh, she's going to love that, master. And what better way to make her Mrs. Claus? She yanked down Liam's pants, but they didn't crumple around his feet. Instead they vanished into a gust of snow flurries. His candy cane cock stood out at its full length, his balls heavy with cum. Oh my god. Emily drawled in between heavy breaths as she spotted the dick a few feet away. Her need to have something in her mouth overpowered the rest of her urges. She prowled across the room, sank back on her knees in front of Liam, and looked up at him as she slurped his cock into her mouth. She moaned deeply as it pushed against the back of her throat. It tasted of peppermint, just as she suspected, and the fluid oozing out of the tip tingled in her throat. Her body resisted as she tried to cram it down her throat. Emily wanted to bury her nose in this Santa's crotch. She wanted to inhale his beautiful scent while his cock throbbed halfway down her throat. She wanted his cum to spray right into her stomach, then into her mouth, then across her entire body. She wanted to bathe in it, lick it off herself, and scoop it out of her cunt. But her mouth simply wasn't big enough. She pulled her mouth away from the ruby red tip dick with a wet gasp. Her hands could work well enough though. She started stroking up and down his length using her saliva as lubricant. It did take both of her hands to wrap fully around the pole, but she was determined. Looking up, she saw the similarities to Liam again. Now with a cock in hand, her head was a little clearer. Liam, is that you? What's happening? You are in the presence of Santa and Elfie. The elf said with a giggle. Santa scowled at her, his hand moving to caress Emily's face. It's me, Em. It's Liam. What's happened is, well, I'm a magical sex fairy now, and I think I accidentally exposed you to it. So now I'm going to make you into Mrs. Claus. Not my wife, that's important, but a sex fairy like me. Is that, uh, is that okay? She smiled, kissed, and licked the head of his dick, and said, Yes, Santa. Please make me your Mrs. Claus. Elfie knelt down beside Emily and drew her into a kiss. Liam watched their tongues slide against one another, as Emily's hands kept moving up and down his length. It was too much. Hot, sticky cum spewed out of the tip of his cock. It splashed across Emily's face. She aimed his cock at Elfie who caught the next spurt in her mouth. Emily's eyes rolled back into her head. Her mouth hung slack as her body quivered from head to toe. When her eyes came back, they had turned from a pale blue to a warm hazel. The color drained out of her hair until it was shockingly white and glossy, just like Liam's. Elfie pulled her into another kiss before licking off the stray cum on Emily's face. Emily's hands dropped the cock for the elf's body. Elfie's clothes melted away just like Liam's had, but Emily's still had to be removed. Elfie pulled her shirt off, letting a pair of breasts that were significantly bigger than Liam remembered swing into the open air. Meanwhile, Liam pulled her underwear and pajamas the rest of the way off. Elfie wasn't done having her turn yet. She rolled over onto the rug in front of the fire, spreading her legs wide. 
Emily climbed on top of her, kissing her way up Elfie's body until their tongues met again. Liam stayed back to watch them play, the sight of their pussies inches away from one another tantalizing him. Elfie guided their newest recruit downward. Emily had never been with a woman before, but she had a good enough idea of what to do. She left a trail of kisses down Elfie's body as the scent of cinnamon got stronger and stronger. She couldn't believe that a woman's pussy would taste like a ginger snap until her tongue slid into Elfie's folds and that exact taste greeted her. It was wonderful. She flattened out her tongue and drew it up the full length of Elfie's slit. She then probed around until she found the sensitive nub she was searching for. Electric pleasure rocked Elfie's body, and she squeezed her thighs hard against Emily's head. Liam had watched as long as he could stand it. His cock was once again painfully hard, and Emily's naked ass and exposed pussy were begging for attention. He positioned himself between the two women's legs and wedged his cock against Emily's pussy lips. I'm going to fuck you now, Emily. When I do, you'll finish changing into the perfect Mrs. Claus. Emily groaned in response as an image appeared in her mind. Oh yes, of course I want to be that. Please. Please fuck me and make me your slutty Mrs. Claus. She nearly screeched with pleasure as his cock spread her open and crammed inside her. Elfie slid underneath her and latched onto a nipple while her hands played with Liam's balls and Emily's pussy. More and more of Liam's cock disappeared inside of Emily, an impossible amount. He should have reached a limit four inches ago, and Emily felt so very full. All other feelings subsided except for that fullness and the pleasure that accompanied it. Yet still, she wanted more. She wanted to become the image she'd seen. Liam focused on the idea that he'd thought of for Emily. He fucked her at a steady rhythm as she started to change. Her ass started to swell each time it slapped against him, growing rounder and thicker. Within a few seconds the cleft between her ass cheeks was deep enough that Liam would be able to lay his cock in it and cover his girth completely. Additionally, Liam made certain that Emily could feel the pleasure in her ass no differently than her pussy, and that her ass flesh was as sensitive as her tits. Those were his next concern. But first, he noticed a new feeling of his own. The familiar sensation of being about to come consumed him, but he could simply dismiss it if he wanted to. He also realized that he could come however, and how much pleased him so long as he focused. To speed his new Mrs. Claus's transformations along, he decided to pump a little into her as a first taste. He groaned as the cum surged up his length and sprayed into her depths. As he did, Emily became aware of the pressure building in her breasts. They were squashed against Elfie's shoulder and mouth. The elf squealed with delight as a gush of milk sprayed into her sucking mouth, but her delight quickly turned to concern as Emily's chest continued to swell. Reluctantly, Emily allowed the gushing nipple to leave her mouth as she wriggled out from underneath Emily. The second Elfie's pussy was in licking distance, Emily's mouth dove into it again. Liam watched Emily's breasts balloon out on either side, milk spraying onto the floor beneath them. He still wasn't finished though. He wanted her to be absolutely perfect. He stroked her ass as his true orgasm started to build. He plunged fully into her with a wet squelch and erupted. Come flowed into her with the force of a fire hose. Emily gurgled her pleasure into Elfie's snatch. I finally feel full, she thought. She moved a hand to her swollen breasts and trailed down to her stomach. She felt his cock buried inside of her right before her stomach started to bulge. I'm going to have a big belly full of cum. His balls emptied themselves completely into his missus' claws. Her stomach expanded outward with his cum, growing bulbous as the skin stretched to match the proportion of her tits and ass. Liam gave a final grunt and slapped her on the ass hard. Emily shuddered as she gave Alfie's pussy a few final licks. As Liam's cock slid out of her, she rolled onto her back, enjoying the feeling of her soft ass pushing against the floor. It was too big for her to even lie flat anymore. On her back, her ass kept her pussy angled up at the perfect height for Liam to mount her even in missionary. Her tits were a heavy, milk-laden weight on her chest, but her stomach distended even beyond then, making her look nine months pregnant. She rubbed her stomach with a satisfied look on her face. Will it go down? Liam grinned. If I wanted to. I've always wanted to know what it would be like to fuck a woman with a pregnant belly. What did you think, Elfie? How'd I do on my first try? She's gorgeous and has a smart tongue to match. Definitely a good start. But we still need others. Can't wait, Liam said. At first, he'd been concerned about getting roped into some magical event, but after that session with Emily, all his doubts were gone. He had tons of ideas and even some guesses as to whom he would choose. But first, we should go home and get Mrs. Close situated. Hang on, Em. He winked, closed his eyes, and moved his finger to his nose. The three of them vanished, leaving behind only the stains on the rug. 
The fire flickered and went out. Chapter 03 Liam woke up to the smell of coffee and cinnamon and Elfie's mouth on his dick. She faced away from him, her rear position such that he got a full view of dripping pussy and plump ass. The elf costume had returned at some point, which Liam didn't mind because it highlighted the curve of her ass. While she moaned on his dick, his hand moved up her thighs, groping slowly until his fingers slid inside of her. She moaned louder and looked back over her shoulder to grin at him before continuing to worship his candy cane cock. Liam rewarded her only moments later, filling up her mouth with his cum the last eight hours had been absolutely bizarre. The previous Santa had fallen out of the sky. Liam took his place as the new Santa by binding himself to Elfie by fucking her senseless. Mere minutes after that, he magically transported them to the home of an ex-girlfriend, Emily, who started masturbating wildly the second she saw them. Liam made Emily into his Mrs. Claus, a traditional title he had to remind himself occasionally, by fucking her senseless as well, transforming her body into a swollen fertility goddess that looked eight months pregnant due to the amount of cum he'd pumped into her. They'd returned to his home, which itself had transformed into a scene out of a Christmas cartoon, and spent the rest of the night rutting like animals. Through it all the thing that struck Liam as most odd was how much he cared about the women with him. Every moment with Emily made Liam love her more. Old memories of their time together in school and when they dated, despite how simple they'd been, helped fuel his lust. But mostly, Emily's lurid body kept his attention. He'd never known how wonderful it would be to sink his hands so deeply into soft flesh, or how heavenly it would be to fuck his cock between her ass cheeks with Elfie's mouth periodically teasing at the tip. Still, even magical fairies and their transformed consorts needed sleep. Liam buried his head between Emily's gargantuan breasts while Elfie spooned against his back her hand draped over him to hold his cock through the night. As the elf licked his cock clean, he wondered if he'd paid too much attention to Emily during the previous night's festivities. Elfie shared a bond with him that transcended time. She loved him instantly and perfectly, but Liam retained a little bit of his humanity. Enough to wonder if she knew how much he cared about her. Uncharacteristically, after a life of stoic silence driven by irritatingly poignant social anxiety, he decided to ask outright. Elfie, do you get jealous? Elfie wiped her mouth and slid up her Santa's body to rest her head on his chest. Of course, master. They are known for their intense jealousies. In the ancient times, my sisters would pick out handsome men and enchant them away from their wives. They would release the enchantments to see if the man really loved them. If a man tried to go back to his wife, the fae would turn her into a town whore. Sometimes they would do that anyway. That's cute? Liam answered, very concerned to be on the wrong side of Elfie's temper. Oh no, it wasn't. The king and queen hated such behavior, even with their wild temperaments. Human society kept evolving, and it wasn't right for fae to interfere. That's part of why they decided to close the doors. Fae couldn't be trusted to coexist with humans. Especially all those religious ones. The pagans were nice though. Loved a good pagan festival. A few of them even worshipped us. You're remembering more of your history then? Liam asked. It helps to be asked. My former lives will always be hazy, but the history of my race before the doors closed isn't. But that's not why you were asking if Faye got jealous. You're worried that you didn't spend enough time with me last night, aren't you? A little. Even with this new body, I'm still only one man. I barely had any time with you, and I immediately started paying more attention to Emily. Elfie snuggled closer to him, craned her head up and kissed his chin. That's sweet, master. I might not remember the things that happened to my previous incarnations, but I can remember feelings. I don't think my previous masters ever exactly cared what I felt. And no, I don't feel jealous of Emily, except maybe that she's a human getting to experience true bliss for the first time. She's part of our family now, and it's not like I was left to sit alone in the corner. She's got a wicked tongue, and you did fuck me three times in between fucking all the different parts of her body. Don't forget, when you're happy, I'm happy. So it's nearly impossible for you to leave me out. Liam brought her face up to his and kissed her. That's good. He said. I want you to be happy. Emily, too. I don't know how it worked with the previous Santa, but I want everyone who joins us to be as happy as I am. Elfie's body quivered against him, sending a pulse of warmth through his own, as she gasped into his neck. Liam reflexively pressed her tight against him, giving her nose a light kiss. Did you just orgasm from listening to me talk? Your kindness has a profound effect. She said with a giggle. Once more, Liam was tempted to roll on top of her and sheath himself in her waiting sex, but hunger had taken hold of him. Where is Emily anyway? Being Mrs. Claus. Elfie answer. Come see.
She hopped out of bed. Her lush ass flashed him again, and he found himself wondering how to clothe himself. Elfie, how do you do that thing where our clothes disappear and reappear? She shrugged. I don't you do? Just think what you want. Liam climbed out of the massive bed and stood beside the Christmas tree, stretching his back, more out of habit than a need to wake up sleepy muscles. He thought of a movie he'd seen as a kid where Santa wore a big, red housecoat made of soft velvet. As the image formed in his mind, the clothes formed on his body. A floor-length robe with fuzzy white cuffs and a candy cane-striped belt. He pulled the robe closed, hiding away his own candy cane for the moment, and went to follow Elfie. Liam had not spent much time examining the extent of changes to his home during the previous night, as he was otherwise occupied. The house's transformation had been as thorough as his own though, including some expansion in size. Your house is a little part of my homeland now, Elfie explained. Like an embassy. A little pocket of fey left over from the ancient times. It's attached to me, and I'm attached to you. So my house is the North Pole now? Liam asked, running his fingers along the gilded designs of snowflakes and runic symbols that adorn the hallway walls. I guess that's not so bad. Feels weird to see extra rooms, though. What's in this one? He opened one of the hallway doors that had not existed before. Blistering cold rushed in from the open door. Night sky stretched above despite the sunlight coming from down the hall. A white fox peered at him from the snowbanks, its eyes blinking in confusion to mirror Liam's own. Elfie pushed the door shut. Careful, some of it's not done forming yet. That's mostly Mrs. Claus's job. To get everything in its right place. Try that one. I think it's done. She pointed to the door across from the one Liam opened, astonished that he just looked out of a portal in his small home to see the Arctic and one very confused fox. Liam did what Elfie said. The second door opened to a huge greenhouse. Warm, moist air flooded into the house making Liam regret his choice of heavy robe. Dozens of plants that Liam didn't recognize lined shelves and tables, but otherwise much of the design work looked similar to his home. Tables bore snowflakes and stars etched into their sides. Glittering glass designs of toys and baubles hung from the ceiling. Strangest of all stood just inside the entrance, a kangaroo wearing a Santa hat and holding a drink tray. It smiled and offered up a pair of martinis that used candy canes as swizzle sticks. Day Santa! Come in for some sun? Uh, no thank you, Liam said. Just checking the layout of the house. No worries, the kangaroo said. You feel like coming back, and we'll have everything ready for you. He jerked a small hand over his shoulder to a koala in a chef's hat. Both the koala and the kangaroo grinned in a strangely human manner. Liam gave an awkward wave as he shut the door. Elfie, do we have a slave kangaroo? Slave? No, that's William. He's been with Santa for a few hundred years now. Lots of magical creatures like that tend to hang around if you live long enough. They all help in their own way. These doors will lead to every part of the world, and each of them has a guardian. I think that one goes to Perth. Why do I need doors to every part of the world? Do I actually deliver presents? Elfie took him by the hand and continued down the hall toward the sound of singing at the far end. No. Well, mostly no. You don't sneak into people's houses at night and leave stuff for their kids. We're more like the embodiment of giving. We create a home of happiness, giving, joy, and all those good emotions. Then that power flows out through all these doors, filling up the world with the urge to create happiness. Liam frowned. Doesn't seem like it's been working lately. Elfie's shoulders drooped, and she averted her eyes. No, it's been a long few centuries. The world has gotten much, much bigger lately. Guess that means we'll have to work harder. Liam said. The idea of giving happiness to others had never been much of a concern for Liam. As Santa though, it seemed to be his responsibility, and the idea caused a stirring of pride and determination in him. If he could change a few lives for the better then why shouldn't he? He had no idea how that worked other than seemingly involving magic doors, but Liam had learned quickly to take things in stride. His words definitely made Elfie perk up though, and that was a good start. They turned a corner into an enormous kitchen that Liam knew had not existed until the past twelve hours. A hundred different, wonderful smells greeted Liam. Cookies and cakes, meat pies and gravy, roasted chicken, spiced carrots, butter toast, barbecue pork all of them hit him at once, and yet one at a time, bringing a wide, goofy grin to his face. The smell momentarily distracted him from the rest of the scene. At its center stood Emily. She managed to clothe herself, at least somewhat. She wore an apron that draped over her rotund belly, but did nothing to hide her enormous breasts. 
A ruby necklace hung from her neck, draped between her cleavage and periodically sparkling with light that had no origin except from within the jewel. A tight-fitted gray skirt covered her lower half, hugging her hips and asked to leave nothing to the imagination while she clicked around on a pair of ruby-red stilettos. Liam's cock twitched at the sight, but other things demanded his attention. Birds, mice, cats, and several dogs moved around the kitchen with various assigned tasks. A pair of cats had enlisted the help of a family of sparrows to build a gingerbread house. The dogs oversaw the heavy lifting while many of the mice, and probably a few rats, did the more fiddly work of cooking. A horse's head protruded through a window over the sink, holding plates and other dishes in its mouth as a pair of raccoons did the washing. Other animals drifted through with a variety of tasks while Mrs. Claus supervised. Liam looked at Elfie who had the smile of a child on Christmas morning. This is the weirdest fucking thing so far, Liam said. Oh, you're up, Emily said. She clapped her hands, and all the activity in the room stopped. One by one, the animals turned to look at the man looming in the doorway. They started to cheer. Squeaks, chirps, meows, and a cacophony of other noises lauded Santa as he walked forward into the kitchen. A few of the mice ran up his shoulder, took hold of his whiskers, and gave a good shake. They clapped each other on the back, and then ran away mildly embarrassed. Emily waved them over to a table on the far side of the room while shooing away the different animals. They just started showing up, she explained. They wanted to help, so I started giving them things to do. Apparently they'd all heard about me. Is this something that happens, Elfie? Mrs. Claus talks to animals? Liam noted a chipmunk sitting on a nearby shelf his legs swinging back and forth while he sipped something from a very small cup. The chipmunk smiled at him and waved. Also, how are they smiling? Hmm, good questions. I know how William works. William the kangaroo from Perth, Emily. Have you met him yet? He wanted to work for Santa, so that's what happened. Magic makes them a little more human so that they can communicate. Facial expressions too, I assume. In the old times, woodland creatures got up to all sorts of mischief with Faye. But why did they come to Emily? Emily shifted her body, pulling up the apron to cover her breasts a little better. I was a vet, Liam. We haven't really talked about my life before this happened, but I've been helping the farmers around Silverton for a while now. Felix, that's the horse, says he was told about me by Humphrey, which is the name of one of Martin Huff's horses. Lots of them have stories like that. They're all homeless in one way or the other. The smaller ones have lost their families. The dogs and cats were strays. So unlike that. Opened the door this morning, and they all started introducing themselves. Figured we need the help. This house of yours is massive. Every time I go looking for something I find four new rooms. Not my house. Liam insisted. Our house. All of us. Anyone who joins us has as much right to call this place home as I do, I think. Including all these critters if they want it. Emily batted her eyes. Liam, I don't remember you being so welcoming. What have you done with yourself before all this? You're hungry, aren't you? She waved at the far side of the kitchen, and several dogs came over balancing platters on their backs. Emily put all the dishes on the table eggs, pancakes, sausages, biscuits, hash browns, everything Liam had ever wanted for breakfast. He grabbed a plate and began to eat as much as he could. Guess you worked up an appetite last night. Sorry. He said between mouthfuls. Slowly, with lots of time spent chewing, he recounted his life between their breakup and his arrival in her house the previous evening, including all the events of becoming Santa. Emily and Elfie listened, eating their own, smaller meals. And that's about the short of it. I was ready to hang up my life, I think. Then that other Santa fell out of the sky and gave me all this. He finally dropped his fork, leaned back, and rested his hands on his still flat stomach. I feel bad though, Em. You had a life here. You went to school to be a vet and now, now what? She asked, pulling down her apron to show off the engorged breasts he'd given her. Now I look like this? Now I'm apparently in charge of a magical house and can speak to animals? She grabbed his coffee cup and brought it to her side of the table. Hefting her left breast up, she squeezed the nipple, and a spurt of creamy milk filled his cup, mingling with the black coffee. A faint moment of pleasure rolled over her, and she handed him back the drink. Do you know how good that felt? How sexy it is to watch you drink it? It's like I always wanted this stuff, but as long as it was impossible, my brain protected me from the idea. Otherwise, I guess I'd just have walked around being bummed out all the time. But your job, Dash, want to know the worst thing about being a vet? Your patients can't talk to you. They can't say their paw hurts or that their stomach is in pain. They can't thank you for helping them. 
Then one day they get sicker and can't explain why. Drives veterinarians bunkers. Burns you out. Makes you rotten inside drives you to drink. She looked at him, beaming happiness as a tear rolled down her cheek. But you fixed that for me. I had a ten-minute conversation with a possum this morning. He told me about his day. It was boring. He mostly been hunting bugs in a woodpile, but that's amazing. So no more worrying about me. And I wouldn't worry too much about anyone else you bring on board. This is all amazing, even before we get to the sex. The sex is fucking phenomenal, too. I don't want to undersell that. God, the feeling of that cock of yours wedged between my ass. Your cum splattering on my back. I could get off this instant. Before Liam could encourage her to do so, Elfie piped up. Let's stay on topic for a minute. We need more people if we want the house up and running by the festival. Wouldn't be much of an orgy if just the three of us show up. Festival? Emily asked. In order to keep the world from becoming a place of pure misery and also at least me and Elfie from being imprisoned, we have to participate in a festival of sex with Krampus the holiday sex demon no, right Elfie sorry sex fay. Elfie continued. The millennia-old festival involves the trading of partners. Krampus offers his most gorgeous of satyrs to Santa. Santa offers one of his menagerie to Krampus, usually someone volunteers depending on Krampus's mood. If Krampus is pleased, the festival happens again next year. If he's displeased, then the bad stuff happens. The contest happens every year until Krampus is given the object he most desires. Hang on, that part's new. Liam said. You didn't mention that we could stop this for good. Oh, sure. All these sorts of magical bargains have that kind of caveat. It's why you can craft bodies into such erotic goddesses. The last Santa found a set that Krampus liked and rotated through the volunteers each year. My memory is hazy, but I think he just became satisfied with the orgy and stopped worrying about solving it forever. Maybe that's what's been happening since the beginning. So what happened to them? All the people who were with the old Santa. Liam asked. He didn't like to think about how the other Santa had turned into snow flurries. Elfie hadn't been keen to talk about it either, but if he was going to go around binding people to his own life, then he needed to understand what happens when he takes a fall from fifty stories up. Elfie's smile drooped again. It's okay, master. I know you're worried. They joined the elf wind like the last Santa. It's the only way into the world of Fae now since the other doors were all closed. So when Liam kicks it, we go to Fairyland. Emily asked. You do. Elfie said. I stay and get a new Santa. Liam's heart sunk to see her face fall even further. He took her by one hand and saw that Emily took her other. Both of them squeezed gently, and Elfie offered a smile. Liam leaned over and brought her into a kiss. Don't worry. We're not going anywhere for a long time. Right. Emily said, clapping her hands. Where do we start? What does Krampus like in a lady? I assume a lady. He's not too picky. Elfie shrugged. Last Santa had some stodgy views, though. Liam ran his hand through his short beard. He had an idea that there was more to the bargain that kept Krampus and Elfie stuck on earth than his new elf was letting on. Something to do with that bitch he'd said about finding Krampus the object he most desires. But he couldn't risk the fate of the world's happiness on a wild gambit. Not without having a solid plan in place first. The way I see it. The best place to start is by getting a good foundation that we know will please Krampus. We can get inventive after that. What would you say is the safest bet? Mrs. Claus? I don't see how anyone could say no to Emily. I don't either. Elfie agreed. But Krampus's favorite over the years has always been the fawns. Like deer? Like reindeer? No, fawns, which are sort of goat, deer, people, maybe. They're a type of fae. It is where the idea of Santa's reindeer come from, though. Almost every Santa has had a few fawns to keep him company. It's partly my idea, I confess. All the fawns I knew were such happy fae. Go on, master, picture a fawn in your head. Liam blushed, hidden behind his white beard. He'd seen plenty of things on the internet. Dear girls weren't an exception. Oh, that is certainly more, let's call it advanced, than usual. Elfie said. Whoever you change into that will be very happy indeed. I should warn you though, fawns always come in pairs. Don't know why exactly, but I'm sure there's a good reason. Do you have someone in mind? Emily wrapped her fingers on the table. I have a suggestion. Remember Sam and Kelly from school? They got married and still live in town. They had a pet pass away last year, so I chatted with them a good bit at the time. Sam's still pretty fit. I remember thinking it at the time, but Kelly was sweet. I didn't want to cause trouble. Feels a lot worse thinking back on it now. Think they'd want to be magical dear people? 
Who wouldn't? How do we do this, exactly? I mean, without just flooding them with horniness so that they they go crazy wanting to fuck us. With directions from Emily, Liam had transported himself and Elfie to the end of Sam and Kelly's driveway. The previous night's snow clouds had cleared away for a bright, but cold day. If anyone happened to drive by at that moment, they would have seen a reasonably dressed Santa in his fluffy red robe having a deep conversation with a stripper version of an elf. No one was going to drive by though. Liam's new power included a strange ability to sense the location of other people. The only two within any reasonable distance were Sam and Kelly. Inside their house, the married couple enjoyed a peaceful morning. The overnight snows had delayed work. Neither Sam or Kelly wanted to go in at all. They were content to spend the morning watching television and sipping their overly sweetened coffees. They rarely took time to themselves. Work kept them busy, and they enjoyed their lives in a rather unexamined way. Naturally, they had the problems and worries of anyone who married their high school sweetheart, took low-paying jobs, and didn't move out of their hometown, but they did love one another. That was enough to blunt the sting of an otherwise unfulfilled life. Liam saw all of this laid out in his mind as he observed the house. He didn't like prodding around in people's heads or their pasts or wherever the information came from, but he didn't know how to stop it. In his looking, though, he saw something that he thought might be useful. While happy in their marriage, either of them was very sexually fulfilled. Liam thought that if either Sam or Kelly had the communication skills required to express their lack of fulfillment, the situation could be solved. Yet neither did, and so they both suffered in silence, each wanting to do very kinky things to the other. Well, Liam thought, Santa does give gifts. I think I have an idea, he told Elfie. How do I bring my aura down to just enough to keep them at ease? Like that, Elfie answered. Maybe saying things out loud will help until you get the idea. Whatever you want is how it works. It's magic, master. Oh, right. Okay, then. I want them to be at ease, but otherwise uninfluenced by our presence. Other than natural influences, of course. I don't know how anyone could not notice your beauty, Elfie. I could be ugly? That won't be necessary. Come on. Let's see if this works. If it doesn't, do we have some memory-erasing magic? Elfie shrugged. I think hitting people in the head does that. Liam frowned at her. A joke, master. I make bad jokes when I'm horny. We haven't had sex in almost two hours. I think we'll fix that soon enough. Sam's eyes drifted closer and closer to shut. Kelly sat beside him on the couch watching television. She'd chosen to wear a pair of tights that morning. Her thighs had caught his attention more than a few times, but she showed no interest when his hand moved from the top of her knee to her inner thigh. He abandoned the idea quickly after that. Maybe once the house warmed up or after she'd had a hot shower. Kelly rarely liked being naked, especially in the winter. Sam didn't mind though. The knock at the door surprised them both. Did you hear a car? Sam asked. Kelly shook her head and got up to go see who had come to visit. Kelly, for her part, had also had a frustrating morning. Sam had barely noticed that she'd picked her tightest pair of tights, the ones that really showed off her butt. While making breakfast, she'd been over in front of him no less than six times, but he'd barely noticed, keeping his nose in his phone instead. She didn't mind all that much, though. He usually wanted to carouse more at night anyway. She walked down the short hall to the front door, opened it, and gasped. Santa Claus stood in front of her. He had an elf with him. A cute elf, showing a little more skin than was appropriate in below freezing weather. May we come in? Santa asked. Uh, of course. Kelly answered, though she didn't exactly know why. Other than, of course, Santa showing up at your home is enough reason to invite him in. She knew in her gut that this wasn't some guy in a costume. This was really Santa. He smelled of cookies and cedar. He exuded a sense of peace, love, and clarity. My husband is down the hall in the living room. Won't you join us? She led them down the hall and into the room with Sam, who stood up as the trio entered. Sam, look, it's Santa and his elf. Kelly spoke as if it were the most obvious thing in the world that a mythical creature could walk into someone's house. Sam did not believe so easily. What? Who are you two? You look familiar. It's Liam, Sam. We went to school together. I've changed a bit. Liam? Liam who just moved back and works up at the gas station. I saw you two weeks ago. You didn't look like this. Hell, you were shorter than me in JV football. You're fucking huge. Like I said, changed a bit. This is Elfie, my elf. Sam crossed his arms and narrowed his eyes. So, what is this some kind of charity drive thing or something? Cause we gave at church. No, Liam said, stepping to the center of the room. 
I'm Santa Claus. A fey-bound creature of magic that needs help keeping the world happy. I thought the two of you might be interested in joining me as fawns. You know what a fawn is, don't you, Sam? Remember, I can tell if you've been naughty or nice. He tried to make a joke of it, but Sam did not seem humored. Fumbling, Liam went on. You've got quite the list of artists on your Patreon, don't you? Sam blushed and looked at his wife. I don't know what you're talking about, but you can't come in here making threats like Dash. No, no. Not a threat. Ah, uh, Kelly, you haven't been telling Sam what you do when he's late getting home from work, have you? Quite the search history on that laptop of yours, isn't it? Each of you thought the other would be ashamed if they found out. Quite the contrary, though. You both could have been having so much more fun. Imagine if you could both become the creatures of your wildest fantasy. You can join other like-minded people. Emily and Elfie here certainly enjoy it. You could be part of it as well. Emily? The vet? She's part of whatever this is. Kelly asked. This is an opportunity to be truly happy. Elfie answered. What does that even mean? Liam, we haven't seen you in five years. You come into our house dressed like that with a half-naked stranger at your side and tell us that you're magic? What do you think we're supposed to say to that? You're in some kind of cult or something. Liam frowned. It wasn't going well. Fuck it. Aura at full. A wave of energy pulsed through the room. Sam and Kelly looked at one another. They nearly collided in midair as they pounced on one another, tearing at each other's clothes. Liam whisked away his and Elfie's clothes before settling down on a chair. Oh my god, Sam looked at his cock. Kelly said, her eyes glazed over as her hand snaked into her husband's pants. That thing would tear me in half. Sam didn't listen. His eyes were fixed on Elfie's tits. He and Kelly had married right out of school. He'd never seen another naked woman in real life. The throbbing in his cock made him think it might actually explode. He pulled down Kelly's tights and shoved her forward over the coffee table. Her pussy was soaking wet as he plunged his stiff cock into her. She started moaning, slapping her ass back against him in a desperate rut while her eyes remained fixed on the thick rod going in and out of Elfie's pussy. Elfie grinned right back at the mating couple. Is this how you wanted it to go, master? She asked over her shoulder. Liam's hands cupped her breasts and squeezed. Does it change the end result? Or does it just save us some time? You can see what I saw. We just needed to get all those insecurities out of the way. He grunted and held Elfie down on his dick. Come pumped into her in huge gouts until it spilled out around his cock. Sam and Kelly both watched as the creamy cum started to ooze out around the candy cane dick. Sam couldn't resist the feeling of his wife's pussy squeezing his cock while they watched the filthy show in front of them. Two essential strangers who looked like demigods were fucking and coming on the chair he watched football in. He let out a squeaking moan and emptied his balls into Kelly's hungry pussy. She wriggled, but didn't come. Both of them knew she needed more than Sam could offer her now. As his cock began to shrivel, his wife crawled over the coffee table and knelt between the opened legs of the elf and Santa. Without hesitation, she bent forward and licked the length of Santa's balls, taking a dollop of his cum into her mouth. It swirled over her tongue, tasting like Christmas morning. The world started to change for her, and she wanted to share the gift with Sam. Kelly rose up and kissed Elfie's breasts. Her hand went to the elf's slit, rubbing Elfie's clit as Liam started to pump into her again, squeezing out more of his cum with each thrust. Kelly took a small drop of it onto her index finger, broke off her kiss with Elfie, and turned to her husband. She offered her finger to him. You need to take a little bit of Santa's cum, baby. Then we can be what we've always wanted. Sam certainly had reservations, but he would do anything for Kelly, just like always. He opened his mouth and drew in her finger, sucking away the drop of peppermint-tasting cum warmth spread through his body, but it concentrated at his crotch. New lust overtook him. He grabbed Kelly into his arms, lifting her up, and dropping her easily onto his rapidly engorging dick. They collapsed forward onto the couch as they feverishly humped into one another. Sam pulled off Kelly's shirt, allowing her breasts to come into view for a moment before he lowered his mouth to her nipples and sucked. Kelly moaned and bit at her husband's shoulder as she did her best to match his thrusts. Liam pumped another load into Elfie. She climbed off of him and knelt between his legs, once more washing his cock clean with her tongue. She gave her master a clear view of the couple fucking like animals on the couch. His cock remained hard, which she helped along by playing with his balls. Remember, Santa, picture in your mind what you want them to become. She spread her lips over the head of his cock slowly, keeping a close watch on his eyes, seeking that moment where he recognized the pure bliss of his cock disappearing into his mouth. The ringleader of this circus was having trouble picturing anything. Lust blurred his mind just as much as the others.
Still, he could sense the deepest desires of his new friends. With that, he started to reform the picture of them in his mind as fawns. As he did, the changes began. The fur appeared on Sam's back first, spreading up over his spine and down over his ass. Kelly's feet started to change as well. Her toes melded together, becoming hard and black as keratin spread out into dainty hoofs. A pair of petite horns sprouted from the top of Sam's head. He grunted and shoved hard into Kelly's pussy, coming in her for the second time. The fur continued to spread as the pair rested. Kelly's hands roved over her husband's back until she hit the thick growth of auburn fur. She gasped and looked down at her own body. Oh my god! Sam stepped back, wobbled and fell. His legs were half-formed, but rapidly changing. Tendons reshaped, muscles realigned, and his feet turned to hooves just like his wife's. He didn't care about falling or about his own body changing because now he had a full view of Kelly. Since before they'd married, he'd had an idea of the paragon of sexuality. A beautiful woman transformed into a furry, delicate creature designed for sex. As the brown hairs spread over his wife's stomach and started to cover her breasts, he realized that he was finally getting his wish. For her part, Kelly had a much simpler dream of a thick cock always ready to give her a hard fuck. When she'd spotted Liam's massive dick, she'd thought for a moment that she finally found someone who could give her what she wanted. But watching Sam change, she realized that it only really mattered if it was attached to the man she loved. Hair spread up his inner thighs, and his cock started to grow. A thick sheath formed from the base, growing out over his length, but his cock kept ahead of it. The head turned a paler pink as the new sheath darkened to match the color of his fur. Beneath his swelling manhood, his balls drooped, getting larger and heavier with cum. The sight of it drove Kelly wild. Sam's hands didn't turn into claws or hooves, luckily. Instead, he nails turned darker, and his palms thickened into slightly thicker skin. He was equally fascinated by the changes to his own body, gripping his new cock and starting to stroke it up and down as he watched Kelly's changes progress. Her breasts swelled, growing almost as big as Elfie's. The fur covered her whole body, hiding her nipples for a moment before they too grew into dark buds jutting out from her smooth fur. Her skin turned darker underneath her coat, which he see clearly in the thinnest areas of hair around her pussy. Her lower lips plumped up into thick cushions that would house his enlarged dick. When Kelly rolled over to her knees, he knew why. Her furry ass wiggled as a tail jutted out from the base of her spine, a small tuft of hair that flicked up and down, just like a deer. Horns of her own curled out of her scalp. Together, their ears lengthened into long ovals that ran up the sides of their head. They flicked autonomously as new nerve endings grew into place. The hair on the top of Kelly's head became thick locks of auburn, while Sam's turned darker and clear dot he fumbled to his new hooves, unsure of his balance, but determined to get to his wife. She remained bent over the couch, her furred ass up and her pussy visibly wet. Sam's hooves clacked on the floor as he stepped into position behind her. His cock nudged at her entrance, and he reached forward with his hands to cup her furry breasts. To his surprise, Elfie came up behind him. Her hands moved up and down his furred chest, pausing to stroke his nipples or toy with his horns. She turned his head and drew him into a deep, loving kiss as her hand pushed his ass and urged his cock into Kelly's waiting snatch. His wife's new pussy gripped his cock, clamping down on the invading member as it widened to accept his girth. One of Elfie's hands went to his balls to play with them. The other stroked his back, tweaking his own tail before teasingly slapping his furred ass. Leah moved around to the opposite side of the couch. His cock bobbed in front of Kelly's face. She looked back at her husband and the elf stroking him. Suck Santa's cock, baby, Sam commanded. It made her pussy spasm with orgasm to be given such a wonderful direction. She opened her lips and sucked Liam's candy cane into her mouth. As she did, a new set of changes took place. Her face elongated slightly, growing out into a very short muzzle. Her nose moved down to the tip of it, turning brown as it became more animal than human. Her eyes widened, and her eyelashes grew out longer. Liam brushed her long locks out of her eyes as his cock slid deep into her mouth. Elfie urged on similar changes in Sam's face. The man vanished as the fawn features took over. Elfie gave him a wet kiss on his nose as his hands took a firmer grip of his wife's newly plumped hips. Kelly's tail swished against his stomach invitingly. Sam's mind was fevered with lust as he fucked his dream girl in her dreamlike form. His cock had grown to an impossible ten inches, and all of it went into his wife's newly fawnish pussy. She groaned around Liam's dick as she tried to coax out more of his cum. Elfie played with Sam's balls and his ass, urging him to fuck his wife. It was all too much. He pushed as far into her as he could. 
His cock erupted, spraying cum deep inside of his transformed wife. On the third wave, Elfie pulled his hips back and the next spurt splashed on Kelly's furred butt. The one after that wasn't lost though, Elfie's mouth sucked him completely inside of her, letting his final rope spray into her throat. Liam's orgasm came almost immediately afterward. He erupted in Kelly's mouth, but she wasn't prepared. The first pulse of cum splashed on her broadened tongue as she struggled to swallow the delicious spunk. The next sprayed onto her face, dripping across her new muzzle and splashing on her ears. Liam came more and more, until her whole face was coated in his cum. Kelly reveled in the feeling of it on her. She never realized how much she'd wanted to be bathed in a man's cum until that moment. She didn't feel ashamed, but liberated. She couldn't wait to jerk off her husband's massive cock on her face. Elfie scratched Kelly behind the ears as she brought the newly minted fawn into a kiss. Then the elf started licking away Santa's cum. Liam, meanwhile, went to measure up Sam. None of them had realized it, but Sam had shrunk a few inches in height, barely reaching Liam's chest. Liam put his arm around his new fawn, giving him a brotherly hug. It's a little weird, right? He asked. A little. Sam agreed, despite the understatement. I feel good, though. All my anger is gone, I think. Fuck, I just watched you come all over my wife's face. I thought it was hot. I'm not jealous or mad or anything. Shit, I want you to do it again because it makes her happy. Liam nodded. That's sort of how it works. I might look more human than you, but don't let that fool you. I'm Faye and so are you now. Sorry I had to cut to the chase like I did. I can see in people's minds, sort of. Knew you wanted a furry wife and knew she wanted to be whatever made you happy so long as it involved a big dick. Just had to turn off all that noise in your head saying no for five seconds. Thanks, uh, Santa. Liam's fine. Santa's more of a title. There's lots more to explain, but I think Elfie wants to feel your cock inside her. Want to do that here or go back to my magical house so that Mrs. Claus can play too? Sam didn't get a chance to answer. Elfie climbed over the couch and pushed him down onto the floor. Liam settled down beside Kelly, who quickly positioned her pussy over his cock. Sam and Liam groaned in unison as their partners drew them into their hot depths. Chapter 04 Liam and Sam dropped their tools and stood back to look at their handiwork. Didn't know you knew woodworking. Sam said. Neither did I. Liam admitted. They surveyed the wall of intricate shelves one last time before Liam gave a low whistle. The dozens of small toys, which had been carefully set aside, sprang to life and floated up to their positions on the display. Liam had no idea if the toy shop actually sold the toys, or if they retained their bizarre animate lives when he, or whoever was Santa, wasn't around. No one could deny their beauty though. The toymaker's shop was the latest of the hundreds of rooms to be found in Liam's old, transformed house. When they'd arrived, the shelves had been broken, and the toys laid scattered across the floor. No guardian waited for them, just an empty cold shop that, as best Liam could tell, existed somewhere in Scandinavia. One of the toys, a little gyrocopter, struggled to get back to its spot. Liam allowed it to alight on his finger and guided it up to its proper place. Sam started to gather their tools. The fawn had been a tremendous help over the past four days. While magic made the work easier, Sam's actual knowledge of handiwork proved invaluable. Wishing something to be fixed simply didn't work when Liam didn't understand how it was meant to be fixed. Sam and Kelly had adjusted to life in the workshop with ease, but Sam in particular quickly became the friend Liam had not managed to find in his twenty-some years of life as a mortal. Sam's hooves clicked around the old wood floor as he checked for anything left behind. He'd taken to wearing a sort of kilt to protect his more delicate parts while working. Kelly had adopted a similar outfit, though a bit sleeker, and she didn't bother to magic up a top to cover her furred breasts. We should get back. Emily warned us not to waste time. So that's why she kept Elfie and Kelly back with her. Liam said. If any of the women came with them, constant fucking sessions would delay the work for hours. Liam stopped to note the clothes for repairs sign hanging in the dark window that faced the street. It looked older than him. It wasn't written in English either, despite his ability to read it. He thought of taking it down now that the repairs had been finished, but he had no one to work the shop, magical or otherwise. Most likely, that is what Emily wanted to talk with him about. Ready then? He asked the deer-like man holding the toolbox. They walked to the very back of the shop to the supply closet. Yet, instead of simply opening the door, Liam tapped the handle with his index finger in a certain rhythm. On the last tap, a small burst of snow flurries erupted from the cold metal. Liam opened the door, and they stepped into the workshop. Santa's workshop. The name fitted even before Liam decided to call it that.
His old home had continued to change over the weeks since his own transformation. The one long hallway became a branching series of hallways leading to more doors and more remote parts of the world. Some of them went to places like the toy shop, others went to empty cozy burrows and hillsides or remote cabins in the mountains or surprisingly normal apartments in mid-sized cities. Liam had been unable to discern any rhyme or reason to the places, but Elfie insisted each one was as important as the others. All of his new family became very busy with the upkeep of the workshop. Much of the place had fallen into disarray even before the last Santa's unfortunate fall. The few servants that remained, like William the Kangaroo, had clearer memories of that time that Elfie, or at least what Elfie had admitted so far. William said that the previous Santa rarely visited, and the magic which kept things running smoothly had gone thin. Liam didn't understand what thin magic could be, but knew a bad thing when he heard one. Despite the advance and complexity of the workshop's corridors, Liam never had any trouble getting to where he wanted to go in roughly three or four turns. He and Sam strode through the hallway until they popped into the central nerve system of the house, Mrs. Claus's office. Liam grinned at his gathered family as he entered the room. Emily sat behind her desk topless, her massive breasts resting on the top of her workstation, a small drip of milk underneath her left nipple. Clearly the girls had been having some fun. Elfie waited in one of the large, cushioned chairs, clothed in her skimpy elf outfit that Liam had first thought up for her. Kelly rushed over to Sam, drawing him into a passionate kiss as he squeezed her furry ass. The fawn's tails didn't wag, but they did sort of twitch when particularly happy. Liam moved to the chair beside Elfie and settled down, reaching over to hold the elf's hand. Emily wiped away the drop of milk and tried to adjust herself to be a little more on message. Liam didn't mind. He had learned to control his urges, more or less. The fawns, on the other hand, were still very impulsive and enjoyed their liberation from monogamy to a distracting extent. More to the point, Emily wanted to keep everyone on topic, and Liam wanted to do what Emily wanted. Liam knew how fortunate he was that Elfie had picked Emily as the Mrs. Claus of the group. Emily had managed to whip the workshop into shape better than he would have ever managed. Magic didn't solve all their needs, and the more they needed the less it solved. On their third day together, Emily had asked Liam to magic up a Wi-Fi network. He tried, but the best he could do was to poof into existence a wooden block that was shaped vaguely like a modem. Other problems cropped up over the week, and Emily had created a substantial list. We need more help, she said. You've been putting it off, but it's time for some more recruiting. Liam shuffled his feet. He had indeed been putting it off and bore no shame of admitting why. I like the five of us. We all put in our work through the day, and then we have our other fun at night. And during the day. Kelly walked to him and settled down in his lap, her short skirt and his thin linen pants providing a very slim barrier between their sexes. Sam crouched beside him, resting easily on his haunches while Kelly ran fingers through his hair. See, we're all perfect for each other. We're perfect for each other because we live in a magical house with Santa Claus, talking animals, and insane nightly sex parties. Emily insisted. I think others won't have trouble fitting in. And that is the point, Master. Elfie agreed. You're supposed to expand so that you can bring more happiness to the world. Fixing all the doorways won't do any good without guardians to watch over them or more of us to fuel the magic. Liam shrugged. Kelly had started to imperceptibly rub her crotch against his, and it was drawing his attention. Emily's displeasure kept him focused enough for the moment. Fine, but I don't know how we steal away others to be like us. I won't just flood them with my aura like I did Emily. And it would take forever to find another pair of willing participants like Sam and Kelly. At the words. Willing participants. Liam sensed that the back part of Kelly's skirt had magicked away. Only a thin bit of magic linen separated his rapidly engorging cock from her wet pussy. Liam shifted in his chair and cleared his throat. Go on, Elfie, tell them how the last Santa recruited. Elfie blushed. My previous master took over a nunnery once. I believe it was in France. The two of us went, and he hit them with a full dose of his aura. Made for quite the fun night but I can't say many of them were friendly to the idea of becoming sexy elves for the next hundred years. Also, he left behind the dark-skinned humans. The last Santa was a product of his time, I think. Well, that's fucked up, Sam said. See, Liam said. One minute you're trying to spread good cheer and happiness to the collective spirit of mankind through magical sex energy, and the next minute you're racist Santa Claus. With a twiddle of his fingers, the crotch of his own pants disappeared. Kelly didn't hesitate to push back against the cock nudging between her furry folds. She let out a sharp gasp, but no one noticed. Feeling her warmth grip him actually helped clear Liam's head. 
He didn't know if the clarity would last as Kelly started to slowly move her hips along his length. We have to do something. Emily continued. Not enslave a nunnery, but we need more help. Not just to keep the house running, but the festival is soon. Yes, Krampus likes fawns, but that's not a guarantee he'll like these fawns. No offense. Oh, of course not, Kelly said. Who cares if old Krampus likes us or not? So long as I have my Sam and Liam's big cocks to fuck me, I'll be a happy girl, or fawn. She flexed her pelvic muscles, squeezing Liam's candy cane cock as Sam rose up high enough to kiss her muzzle. Emily's sharp eyes watched Liam and Kelly for a moment, but Kelly knew to stay rigidly still. Liam struggled a great deal more to resist his urge to throw her forward and fuck her senseless. After a moment, Emily's attention turned to a slip of paper. We've come up with a plan, nonetheless. A help wanted ad. Looking for hard workers seeking long-term, highly beneficial employment for local startup. Ideal candidates should be willing to relocate immediately. Comprehensive health plan, lodging, and board included in offer. For individual roles see attached. Then we've listed out the sort of things we need. Some tech people, a few construction or manual labor, office help, craftsmen. A wide net, really. Sam and Elfie had definitely noticed Kelly fucking the thick cock under her. Sam's hand moved under his kilt to play with his cock while Elfie's fingers stuffed into her pussy. Liam suppressed a grunt. You think that will work? I mean, even if it gets people to apply, then we still can't just steal them away from the mortal world. No, but with a small group of people who reply, you can search their hearts like you did with Sam and Kelly. The ones you find goodness in will offer the job. The ones you don't we can simply dismiss. We have doors that lead to every major city around the world. Surely we can find a dozen or so good people who would join us. Em, I want you to know that I have been listening, 100%, but dash. Liam lurched forward, pushing Kelly down onto her knees. The remainder of their clothes vanished as he sunk fully into her. Sam sprang across the room and dove on top of Elfie. His oozing cock slid into her sopping pussy instantly. They both groaned with lust. Emily gave a long sigh, but leaned back in her chair, propped her legs on the desk, and started to stroke herself as she watched. The wet slap of sex filled the room. Kelly gurgled on the floor as her tail wiggled against Liam's abs. His hands brushed her fur against the grain, kneading the soft flesh of her ass underneath. Elfie's moans increased quickly, and Liam knew that Sam was already coming in his elf steps. He wanted to enjoy the feeling of fucking Kelly for as long as possible, but it had been rude to interrupt Emily at all. He slammed fully into Kelly's plump pussy and erupted, coating her insides with his magical cum. A gush of it followed his cock out as he withdrew and settled back into his chair. Emily rose from her seat and walked around to him, her massive proportions wobbling with each step. Her thick tits pushed into Liam's face as she straddled him and sat down on his pussy-wet cock. So, the help-wanted idea? Yeah, that sounds good. Go with that. He sighed and took her nipple into his mouth, drinking down her heavenly cream as Kelly's mouth started to lick his balls. The ad struck Jacob as unusual from the first time he noticed it. The posting seemed jammed into existence between everything else on the website. The vague requirements and wide ask of positions intrigued him, despite the dozens of similar postings that were nothing more than pyramid schemes targeting desperate fools. He was desperate and probably a fool, but the ad for workshop enterprises looked different than the others. Maybe the wording or the font? Jacob didn't know what made it jump out, but it had been enough to convince him to give it a try. The result led him to sitting on the stage of a small auditorium, which in itself wasn't that unusual. He'd done a few group interviews in large conference rooms. The unusual part came in how he arrived in that place. He'd walked into a coffee shop in Seattle, spent a few minutes speaking with a gorgeous woman dressed in a pseudoskirt, then walked through the back door into a hallway of many doors, one of which led to the stage. He thought it strange that a coffee shop would have an access hallway to the stage door of a theater. It also seemed strange that the theater appeared abandoned. Also, it registered as peculiar that, judging by the angle of the sun filtering through the high windows along the rear wall, it was not midday in Seattle, but late in the evening somewhere not Seattle. Through it all though, a sense of calm radiated through him that urged him to overlook these oddities. Jacob took a seat on a small cushion beside a pretty Japanese girl. She smiled at him, said something in Japanese, and then frowned when he didn't understand her. A few figures, including the woman who had led Jacob to the stage, moved quickly around a large man sitting in the front row of the theater. He looked like a business version of Santa Claus, wearing a dark green suit with a cherry red tie to complement his stark white hair and beard. Adding to the Santa Claus illusion was the elf sitting beside him, but Jacob had never seen an elf look like that before. 
He couldn't be positive in the low light, but he thought she wasn't wearing any underwear. More people arrived on the stage, taking their spots on small cushions. Most of them looked about Jacob's age, but a few were older. All the while, the man in the audience watched them. At one point, Jacob had the strangest sense that the man was in fact Santa Claus. And more alarmingly, that Santa Claus was judging him. Shortly after that, a very buxom woman came to the stage. Jacob had seen his share of thick women in his life, but this lady outdid them all. She looked nine months pregnant with the breasts and asked to match. All of it barely contained in a tight-fitting gray dress that threatened to split open with every step she took. This woman walked up to a few of the people, including a sour-looking man to Jacob's left, and whispered something to them. Each person on a slack, vacant look stood up and shuffled back in the direction of the stage door. Jacob figured it to be a positive sign that he wasn't spoken to by the gorgeous woman, even though he would have loved to feel her lips so close to his ear. Santa and his elf came up to the stage flanked on either side by a man and woman wearing skirts. The woman had changed her clothes since she brought Jacob back. Her blouse had been swapped out for a bit of cloth tied around her chest that showed off a flat, dark-colored tummy. Her male counterpart stood unabashedly bare-chested. Santa spoke, but Jacob only heard a muffled sound, akin to what he remembered from adults in Charlie Brown cartoons. Instinctively, he muttered. What did he say? The Japanese girl answered in perfect English. Just asked if everyone could hear him. Probably say it in English next, don't worry handsome. Jacob's jaw dropped. He'd watched her speak. The words her mouth formed were not the ones he'd heard. She looked as puzzled as he did, but before he could ask her anything, the Santa man clapped his hands together to draw everyone's attention. Welcome. Welcome, everyone. I know you all have a lot of questions, probably mostly about the job. Maybe even a few of you have figured out that it shouldn't be daylight outside. Don't worry, I have an explanation for everything. First, though, I want to ask you all to answer a question. Not out loud, just to yourselves. Do you want to make the world happier? As he said it, Jacob swore the man's eyes actually twinkled. Jacob had heard corporate HR representatives ask these rhetorical questions about the grandeur of a company or the ubiquity of a brand. But Santa had not posed a leading question to some corporate nonsense. The question was genuine and heartfelt. Jacob knew his answer immediately. Santa smiled at the gathered group of people. I thought as much. Because you each have the same answer, I want to show you something. I want to show you that magic is real. He waved his hands, and new light flooded the room. Snow flurries drifted down from the ceiling as the theater rejuvenated. The tattered seats lost their coat of dust. Their metal gleamed and brand new fiber covered their cushions. Drapes unfurled from thin air, covering the walls in rich splashes of color. The floorboards of the stage where they all sat straightened out, lost their cracks and splinters, and shined as if freshly polished. Light bulbs repaired themselves, doors oiled their own hinges, and the frayed, drab curtain became a tasseled tapestry of brilliant red. All the while, Santa and his elf merrily drew symbols of ice in the air. The two in skirts started to change, for covering their bodies and horns peeking out of their scalp. Jacob watched it all with a dumb look of fascination on his face. The changes settled down, and the man spoke again. No tricks. No special effects. Just old-fashioned magic. I am Santa Claus, otherwise known as Liam. This is my head elf called, appropriately, Elfie. We are recruiting. We want others to join us. We're looking for those who have a desire to spread happiness to every corner of the world. The Japanese girl slowly raised her hand. Santa looked surprised, but he pointed at her to speak. How do we do that? You want us to make toys? Ah, well, good question, and no. Well, maybe. You see, the magic of Christmas is actually fairy magic. And well, that's made by Dash. Fucking. Lots and lots of fucking. Elfie said with a mischievous grin on her face. That should have alarmed Jacob, shouldn't it? What kind of job interview, even a group one, included a sexy elf saying that the main role of the position would be lots of fucking? Yet, it seemed entirely rational. The others sitting around the stage all nodded along as if that was the only logical way that magic could work. Jacob agreed, of course. He'd always wanted to do lots of fucking to help spread happiness to the corners of the world. He would like to fuck the thick woman with massive tits, or the elf, or the two furry deer people, or the Japanese girl. In fact, all of them seemed interested in fucking him, too, which was nice. Right. Santa continued. A lot of this is innate. You all should just understand what we're trying to tell you without a lot of long-winded explanation. At least, initially that should be the case. 
You should have enough information to decide though, so I'm going to give you a little image. Dance some sugar plums in your heads, so to speak. Images appeared in Jacob's mind. A massive, sprawling house with hundreds of amazing rooms leading to all parts of the world. He saw other elves, stark naked and fucking like rabbits. He saw the big man himself, Santa, impaling Mrs. Claus on a 13-inch candy cane cock. Amidst it all, he saw thin blue lines of energy snaking into each corner of the vision. The lines spread out through the different portals and into the homes of mortals making them smile, feel a sense of generosity, and generally be happy. All of it seemed, for lack of a better word that Jacob could find, nice. The vision faded. A table had appeared beside Santa behind which Mrs. Claus sat. On the table, a long roll of parchment, the kind Jacob had seen in old movies, waited beside an inkwell. If you would like to join us, please come and sign the contract. Then we'll get started with, uh, orientation. The whole room rushed the table. Jacob reached the table last, his best efforts notwithstanding. The room buzzed with excitement. The first few people to sign had gone back to their cushions to find them bigger. Several people had already paired off while others waited anxiously for the next bit of magic. Jacob picked up the quill and started to write his name before Mrs. Claus stopped him. Ah, first dab the quill in the ink. Touch it to your tongue, then sign your name. Her breasts pressed against the far side of the table and caused a significant stirring in Jacob's crotch. He did as she said, the quill leaving a peppermint tingle on his tongue as he scrawled his name in glittering light on the parchment. He scanned quickly through the names and spotted Kiko. His eyes saw it in Japanese, but he could read it as easily as the English, German, or Swahili. As soon as he finished his name, Santa slapped him on the back with a welcoming thud. He grinned up at the bigger man, still somewhat astonished at the size of his muscular body visible underneath the suit. Turning around, Jacob looked at Kiko, pleased to see that she remained alone on her cushion. He returned to his, paused, and then dragged it closer to hers. She didn't object. Now then, Santa said with a clap of his hands, to orientation. We will get to your respective jobs and responsibilities once we go into the workshop proper. We have a lot of big plans, and we're excited to share them with all of you. For now, we celebrate. Santa said something under his breath, and a wave of energy rippled through the room. Jacob's cock swelled in his pants, throbbing with desire as he turned to look at Kiko. He didn't get the chance to act on anything before she pounced on him. Her legs swung over his, and her crotch grinded against his erection. Her mouth came down on his for a long, sweet-tasting kiss. She broke it off long enough to smile at him, then went about pulling off her shirt. Jacob did the same, quickly moving his focus to his pants. All around the room, the other pairs were in similar states, but one couple had gotten the jump on everyone else. A petite Indian girl spread her legs wide as the man on top of her slammed into her pussy. Jacob couldn't wait for his chance to do the same. Santa and Mrs. Claus joined in the fun. Jacob caught sight of his new employers naked for the first time. Their bodies were the most unbelievable thing thus far. Mrs. Claus looked amazing without the dress. Her gratuitous curves heaved and swayed with even the slightest movement. Jacob could see milk dripping from her nipples, making his mouth water. Elfie crawled underneath the woman to suck on her tits as Santa pushed into her from behind. Their clothes simply vanished, but Jacob struggled to get his damn pants off. Kiko, on the other hand, didn't have that problem. She'd stripped down to nothing in a few quick movements, and didn't care too much if Jacob's pants remained stuck around his ankles because his cock was ready and waiting. Climbing back on top of him, she positioned the head of his dick at her pussy and lowered herself. Her thick bush mingled with his short, wiry pubes as she started to ride him in earnest. Jacob's hands moved up her thighs to her small waist, encouraging her rocking along the length of his cock. Looking up at her, he did not know if he'd ever seen a more beautiful thing in his life. Her almond-shaped eyes glittered with the reflection of the floating lights as her lips hung slightly agape. Her shiny black hair fell out of its ponytail to hang around her face. His hands moved up to cup her tiny breasts, flicking at the large by comparison nipples, before moving down to squeeze her narrow ass. Kiko looked the exact opposite of Mrs. Claus in every way, but Jacob didn't mind. Even if that seemed to be changing. All around the room, a new set of gasps began. The rutting couple started to change. Body hair went first. A particularly hairy Eastern European fellow looked only slightly disappointed as his heavy pelt of chest hair vanished into a few snow flurries, leaving a sculpted, smooth chest. Jacob did not have much body hair to begin with, and so didn't mind it fading away, except it had given him the illusion of some kind of shape. Without the coarse hair on his chest, he looked flabby and unkempt. 
If Kiko mourned the loss of her bush, she didn't show it, but her pleasure kept her very occupied. Her hand had moved down to her newly smooth crotch and started rubbing her clit in time with her thrusts along Jacob's cock. Her eyes shot open and met his. Bigger! Jacob didn't understand until the throb of warmth coming from inside his cock. Using all his willpower, he guided Kiko off his cock for a moment and saw that it had nearly doubled in size. Kiko didn't want to waste a second of her prize, shoving herself back down on his length with a happy moan. The feeling of her warmth enveloping him again distracted them both from the change of Jacob's body from flabby to a solid frame of muscle and sinew. The other men in the room experienced the similar change, their cocks swelling to abnormal size and their bodies reshaping into that of an underwear model. Their cocks didn't swell to a size to rival Santa's or even the fawns. Jacob saw the pair of half-animal, half-humans fucking like everyone else. He didn't know how a dick that large could fit into the girl fawn's pussy, but he loved watching it enter. The idea flitted across his mind that he might want to feel it in his own ass. Jacob wasn't gay, but by seemed to be negotiable. Thoughts of the male sex left quickly though as new changes started around the room. Kiko squealed with pleasure as her breasts wobbled. The skin rippled and grew in pulses. Jacob watched her tits inflate from a cups to DS in a few seconds, swelling up like water balloons. He wanted to touch them himself, but Kiko's own hands blocked his access. She rubbed her new tits as she bounced on his cock. They jiggled up and down as naturally as any non-magical tits Jacob had ever seen. Left to play with the rest of her body, his hands moved back to her ass, finding new flesh there as well. His fingers sunk into a juicy, bubble butt and caused Kiko to moan anew. She let go of her breasts, letting them hang in Jacob's face as she started to fuck him with purpose. His mouth gravitated to her nipples, kissing, licking, and sucking wherever he could. Her pussy walls hugged his cock tight as she shook with orgasm, pushing him over the edge. His cum erupted in her in waves, causing her to smile and kiss him. Jacob expected to feel sated or to want to lie with Kiko in his arms for a while. Instead, his cock stayed hard, and he wanted more. Kiko apparently had the same feeling. She kissed his ear and said, In my ass now, handsome. He didn't wait for further invitation. He rolled Kiko onto her hands and knees, got up behind her, and shoved his dick into her plump ass. Kiko shrieked with pleasure, and several of the others cheered. Jacob admired the curve of her back and the sight of her breasts squashed out on either side of her petite frame. Her ass squeezed his cock in a slightly different manner than her pussy, and Kiko seemed to enjoy it even more. His cum leaked out of her pussy while he ass-fucked her, driving both of them wild with the carnality of it all. Watching the back of her head, Jacob noticed the final change. Her ears started to grow out through her hair, becoming long and pointed. Kiko realized it had happened, bringing her hand up to stroke one ear from the base to the tip. She looked over her shoulder at him. Fuck your little elf slut in the ass. As Jacob's own pointed ears grew in, he shoved fully inside her ass and came again, filling her guts with his cum. He went a little lightheaded from the exertion. When he regained himself, he stayed buried in Kiko's ass as he surveyed the room. The others had all changed as well. Sculpted, muscular bodies with sizable cocks for the men, and petite busted bodies for the women. All of them still had variation to some degree. Happily for Jacob, Kiko seemed to have the thickest ass, but he spotted an elf a few couples over with tits almost as big as Mrs. Claus. Speaking of their matron, Emily had moved into the center of the room and attracted the attention of a trio of male elves. One had his cock shoved in her mouth, another in her pussy, and the third wildly fucking between her milk-spurting tits. Jacob couldn't wait to join them. He pulled out of Kiko's ass, letting her crumple on the cushion in a gurgling pleasure. He barely turned around when Elfie drew him into a deep kiss. Lie down, you want to eat my pussy, she said. Jacob agreed. He did want that. Dropping beside Kiko, he grinned as Elfie's smooth snatch lowered onto his mouth. His tongue delved between her folds, lapping eagerly at her juices as her hips grinded slowly against his mouth. Kiko recovered enough to sit up and start sucking on Elfie's tits. Across the room, Santa had an elf giggling as she bounced up and down the full length of his cock. The size difference allowed Liam to put the elf's legs up against his shoulder and have her pussy angle right at his candy cane cock. This allowed plenty of room for the other two elves to get between his legs and suck on his balls or lick the lucky elf's ass. Jacob moaned into Elfie as someone enveloped his cock again. Kiko moved off to play with another pair of elves. Nearby the girl fawn was waggling her ass at another male elf as he fucked whatever hole was closest to him. All of it blurred into a serenity of pleasure. Elfie came, gushing on Jacob's face. Kiko squealed again. Jacob erupted into whatever pussy had claimed his cock. 
all around the room, sighs of orgasm resounded together. They all took a moment to breath, then caught sight of their next plaything. Welcome aboard, Jacob, Liam said, giving the last elf to greet an affectionate hug. You seem to have the hang of the clothing faster than most. Kilts seem like a strange choice, but Sam recommended them. Let's your cock breathe and gives you easy access to it when you need it. Jacob looked down at his red and green kilt. On his wrists were glittering golden bands, and on his head sat a small triangular cap similar to Elfie's. The women had green and the men wore red. He wore a loose, linen shirt of a soft blue color that remained unbuttoned to offset the Christmas tones of his lower half. Finally, his shoes curled up after his toes, just like Elfie's. Honestly, I think I look a bit silly. But at the same time, it feels right. You get used to that, Santa said. Lots of things will just start to make sense the longer you're around them. I never really meant to wear red and green, but I can barely manage to get an outfit with a third color let alone exclude those two. Christmas magic solves a lot of problems. Glad to have you on the team. I notice you took a shine to Kiko during the, ahem, orientation. Elfie tells me that elves generally go around in pairs. That seems to be a theme with all this magic stuff. Kiko spoke to me that she had a peculiar fondness for you as well. Now that doesn't mean that either of you are restricted in who you food dash. Yes, I like Kiko, he said. He whirled around to look at the other elf to find her smiling at him. She wiggled her pert tits at him, turned and pulled her ass cheeks apart. Ah, uh, well, seems you could help her with the clothing manifestation part, Liam said. I see no reason why we can't consider you two a pair. Not sure why I have to make a note of it, Emily. They all seem to have paired off exactly how they wanted anyway. It helps when you say things out loud, Mrs. Claus answered. You know that. Fine, fine. Welcome to the team, Jacob. If you'll excuse me. Santa shuffled off with Mrs. Claus following beside him, her milk dripping from the underside of her tits. Jacob walked over to Kiko and drew her into a kiss. She broke it off first, kissing his nose and then each of his cheeks. Is it weird to say I love you after one massive orgy? Jacob laughed. What's happened that hasn't been fucking weird? True. Think they'll mind if we fuck some more. Jacob didn't think they would, but didn't care if they did. Chapter 05 On the night that Liam's destiny changed forever, Sarah, the woman who abandoned him for a cheap date that promised a starlet career, sat on a curb outside of a club staring at Liam's number in her phone. For Sarah, things had been going well. Two days before, she had a meeting with a casting director that went better than she could have imagined resulting in the scheduling of a second meeting. His new beau, Kevin, had been incredibly affectionate over the past few days. Her roommates, Jessica and Marty, decided to take Sarah and Kevin out to celebrate with the promise of flowing booze and wild dancing, all leading to her sitting alone in the middle of a crowd of smokers, staring at Liam's name. During this moment of reflection, a small blip of unhappiness rippled across the world as one Santa stopped and another Santa began. The blip did not affect many people, and most of those who were affected only had a small spat with the person closest to them at the time. But for Sarah, the blip started a chain of events that would ultimately put her on the road to Silverton to salvage a relationship with the last man she believed actually cared about her. The first thing went wrong behind her in the club where Kevin enjoyed a platonic dance with Jessica. At least, platonic until that moment of unease and unhappiness hit him. With his contentment disturbed, he saw Jessica in a different light and wondered what her mouth tasted like. His own lack of moral fiber took hold of the moment from that point. The second thing occurred on the other side of the city. The casting agent scheduled with a follow-up meeting with Sarah had her own moment of spontaneous displeasure which did little more than make her pause walking up the stairs to her bedroom. During this pause, she shifted her weight, putting her foot at an odd angle for the next step. Resuming her ascent, her foot snagged on the next stair. She tumbled forward, landing hard on her right arm. The bone broke, and her schedule, as well as her good impression of Sarah, cleared as a result. The third thing would not come to fruition until the reveal of Kevin's infidelity two days later, but like the others it rooted in that moment of discord. While Sarah sat on the curb, Marty stumbled through the crowd looking for a sympathetic ear. Marty's girlfriend had broken up with her the previous week, but with a few drinks in her, Marty made a valiant effort to reconnect through drunk text messages. The effort failed abysmally, leaving Marty embarrassed, ashamed, and desperate for someone to console her. She spotted Sarah in that moment, but then the blip hit her. She did not see Sarah as a potential consoling friend, but as a self-absorbed, ungrateful introvert who had eschewed their company to sit alone on a dirty sidewalk. The thought buried itself in her mind, such that, 
A few days later when Jessica and Sarah argued over the illicit activities with a cheating boyfriend, Marty sided with Jessica, knowing full well that Jessica had been in the wrong. With no job prospects, a boyfriend that betrayed her, and roommates that cast her out, Sarah decided to take time to herself. She thought once more of Liam, threw her meager belongings in her car, and started driving towards Silverton. No pure love motivated her, but instead an intense desire to be validated. Sarah knew quite well that she intended to manipulate Liam, to use him up again until her confidence rebuilt itself. But that was her nature, and she did not believe she could deviate from it. She even convinced herself that returning to Liam was a gift to him. He never had it so good as when she deigned to love him. She would allow him the privilege of loving her again, rescue him from his mundane life for a while, and then leave him broken once more. This cold and heartless intent would ultimately change the world. Elfie led Liam down the ever-winding corridors of the workshop. After the third turn, they arrived at a door. This door did not look like any of the others. Large and made of ancient wood, iron bands bound together at timbers. A tarnished silver ring was bolted into the right side of the door. Elfie pointed at it, and Liam stepped up to pull, the door's hinges groaning as they moved. Santa and his elf stepped through the door into a wide, open meadow of lush green. Bright starry sky hung overhead, showing constellations that Liam did not recognize. So what's it called? Doesn't have a special name. We always called this part the amphitheater, I think. Elfie said. It's part of Fae like the workshop. Neutral ground for creatures like us to meet with others. It's used on festival days, but otherwise most things leave it alone. Had you found it before now, you wouldn't have been able to budge the door. Look, the stars are the ones from Fae. Magical pinpricks of light, not all that fancy physical world stuff of the mortal realm. Oberon wanted to show Titania how much he loved her, so he scooped up a hand full of diamonds and threw them into the sky. At the end of each age, the queen reaches up to the sky and plucks one out to wear on her necklace. One day, she will glitter with all the light of the night sky, but the world of Fae will go dark. Liam knelt down to feel the grass as he listened. I guess that's a literal story. He mused. One way or the other, I'll be there when that happens, right? Yes, master. Elfie turned away from him, pretending to admire the runes etched on a nearby stone. But I won't. Liam rose and went to her, wrapping his arms around her petite form. They settled down onto the grass, and she rested her head on his shoulder. Tell me what happened to the last Santa. You remember, I know you do. It's come back to you over the past week, hasn't it? Yes, but I shouldn't. How would you like me gossiping about you once you've gone? I'd hope that you only have good things to say about me. His hand caressed her face, drawing her into a kiss. Go on. You remember the night it happened. Cold, snowy. I don't know why Santa, the old Santa that is, brought us to Silverton. That Santa was once called Nicholas Gerhardt, but he'd long forgotten that name. You have to understand that mortal minds aren't meant to live that long. Most of his predecessors became Morphe, letting go of the mortal world. Nicholas didn't. I'm not sure he liked being Santa very much. It took a long while for him to understand it, you see. Before he became Santa, he was a holy man of some kind. He wanted the idea of Santa to mold into something that aligned with those beliefs. Still, he tried to use his new magic to bring joy more directly. Nicholas brought in all the ideas of giving gifts every year and things like that. But not even Santa can stop the wickedness of men. Nicholas lived through three centuries of horrible human behavior. He blamed himself some, and blamed humans for the rest. That doesn't mean he stopped trying. He just, didn't try as hard. Over the years he thought up different ways of getting humans to keep the spirit themselves. I think he succeeded in that. Humans call it commercialization, but mortals still make joy in it. Like all those lights on the front of the workshop. Those make people happy, even if only a little. Anyway, he developed some bad habits. At some point, he used his magic to make candy work on him like alcohol would work on you. Said he didn't like the taste of liquor, but liked candy just fine. Oh. Liam blurted out. So when he came in that night buying a load of candy canes, he was getting hammered? Yes. Elfie admitted. I saw you in the shop. He told me to wait outside because he didn't want to confuse you. The fawns and I didn't like to see him getting all that candy, but it meant he'd be in a good mood which meant that, well, you know. He came out, shoved the candy in my hands, then went off with a mouth full of sweets and one of the fawns to have a roll in the snow. Meanwhile, you came out and got in your car. I thought you were handsome. Well, the last me did. I didn't exactly exist yet. You drove off, and I thought we would go home. Instead, Santa wanted to give you a little Christmas spirit. He called up his sleigh, 
a prop he'd been using for a few hundred years. He loaded us into it and took off. I think what he meant to do was get low enough so that you could see him in your car. Then he'd have leaned out, given a big wave, and flown off ho, ho, hoing. But he'd gotten himself drunk. He took two wobbly steps, and the fawns and I watched him fall out of the sleigh. Oh, the faces on those fawns when they realized what had happened. I, I tried to reach out for them, but we'd all started to dissolve already. Then there was me. A brand new Elfie for a brand new Santa. Always the pair of us. She gripped his hand and squeezed. Pairs again, Liam said, rubbing at his beard. Everyone seems to have a pair of some kind. Does Krampus have one? Someone like you? No, master, Krampus isn't human. He's a fae like me. As far back as I can remember, it's only been Krampus and his satyrs. All of them are fae, left behind when the doors closed. The king and queen did not tell me why. Or if they did, I don't remember. And you haven't wondered all these years? Of course I have. But wondering doesn't accomplish much. Krampus seems to go on forever. I get reset every few centuries, but not him. After a while, I gave up trying to keep up and started making sure our half of the bargain got filled. Liam's eyes scanned around the clearing. He could see nothing in any direction except more grassy plain and starry sky. Then we better get ready to keep up the tradition. Let's head back and start gathering everyone. He got to his feet and brought Elfie close to him. I know I can't promise to stay with you forever. But I'm going to try, Elfie. A piece is missing out of all of this. Maybe I can find it. Elfie didn't respond. She just kissed his hands. Together, they went back through the hole in reality. Liam's house looked like Christmas vomited all over it. Sarah had not expected to find her ex so much in the season. Maybe he found a ton of decorations in his parents' attic and didn't have anything better to do in this small town, she thought. While dating, she'd visited his home with Liam a few times, but that was before she'd been out west. Silverton looked absolutely pathetic by comparison. That is, except for Liam's house. She'd barely seen any decorations back in L.A., but what she had seen paled in comparison to the spectacle of Liam's home. It looked more like it should belong in the center of some grand light festival rather than sitting oddly in the bend of an otherwise empty road. She shuffled up the pathway between large candy canes to the door. Smoothing out her coat, she decided to open it up a bit and pulled down her shirt to remind Liam of what he was missing while jerking off in this winter wonderland. She knocked and, much to Sarah's surprise, a woman opened the door. Quite the woman opened the door. Sarah blushed as she looked at the biggest set of breasts she'd ever seen, feeling particularly girlish about pulling her shirt down. The woman looked younger than Sarah, but had stark white hair and a pair of gold-rimmed glasses. Um, hi, I was looking for Liam's ho-dash. Oh, you must be Sarah, Emily said. Come in, come in. We weren't expecting you, of course, er, but Liam has told us a good deal about you. Emily ushered her in the door and then stood awkwardly beside Sarah, gesturing at a perfectly normal-appearing parlor that, as far as Sarah remembered, was the parlor meant to be in Liam's house. Can I take your coat? Sarah wriggled out of the heavy garment, looking more closely at the room. Parts of it were blurry and everything smelled strongly of cedar, as if a massive Christmas tree stood right in the center of it all, but she couldn't see it. I'm sorry, you seem to know me, but I don't know you. Are you Liam's girlfriend? She'd weighed the idea of sister or cousin, but the girl looked nothing like Liam. No, I'm more of his housekeeper. Go on then, have a seat. We're a bit busy at the moment, but I think I can get Liam in to speak with you. Just wait right there. And don't wander off. Emily disappeared down a corridor, fascinating Sarah with the swaying of her massive ass. Odd woman. Sarah murmured to herself. The whole house put her off. She'd not expected to find anything more than a lonely, dark building from which she could rescue Liam. Instead, a gorgeous, possibly pregnant, and brilliantly cheerful woman answered the door. Maybe he bought a prostitute, she thought. No, he wouldn't be ballsy enough to do that, especially not a pregnant one. Maybe it was some local chick fleecing him in the same way Sarah hoped to do. She worried that it wouldn't be a fair competition with her meager proportions. Still, she took her moment of privacy to doll up a little more, painfully pulling her breasts around in her bra to show them off as best she could. From the hallway where Emily had gone she heard excited voices, a door slam, and then the thumping of boots on wood. Liam emerged. Sarah's mouth hung open in full shock. She cheated on a flabby-gutted, half-depressed twenty-three-year-old. The man standing opposite her was none of that. He even looked taller, a lot taller. Built like a swimmer who started lifting weights fanatically, and showing off a white, cropped beard below white hair. What the fuck? She said. Liam smiled broadly. 
Sarah, what brings you here? She hated him instantly. Whatever he'd done, however he cheated life to become this, she hated him for it. She hated him for making her feel small. She hated him most for seeming to genuinely care about her with absolutely no intent on being beholden to her. Her voice cracked and caught in her throat. I thought we could talk. I don't like how things ended between us. Neither do I, he said. But I'm afraid you've caught me at a bad time. Liam, what the hell is going on? How do you look like that? Who was Titsmagi that answered the door? Are there other people back there? Also, since when Dash? He sat down on the couch next to her, his looming presence drawing her silent. He put his hand on her knee and peered into her eyes with uncomfortable clarity. I know it's a lot. I have an entirely plausible explanation for everything, but I can't explain it now. I have a meeting that I can't miss, not even for you. You're welcome to wait. There's nowhere else for you to go in town, unfortunately. I can have someone bring you a meal or something to drink. I'm not sure how long I'll be gone, though. You think I came all this way to have a fucking sandwich? You want me to sit here waiting for you for God knows how long? She wanted to storm out, but he was right. She couldn't drive all the way back to L.A., not yet. The nearest hotel was two hours away. She jerked her knee away from his hand. Liam's face fell. I want for you to not be hurt anymore, Sarah. I think I can help with that, but not right now. So wait or don't. It's up to you. She watched him get up and leave. Just walked right away, as if she were a door-to-door salesman left sitting dumbly on the couch. Sarah wanted to cry, but it would only help if he saw her do it. And Liam had already gone. How did it go? Elfie asked, standing beside the great wooden door. As well as could be expected. Liam said. She's nearly broken, and my little scheduling conflict might have made it worse. I've seen some weak and injured hearts with this magical insight stuff, but seeing Sarah like that was something else. No joy or anything in her. Do people like that ever turn around? Elfie shrugged. It's not your fault, master. Humans are complicated and messy. You've found a lot of good-hearted ones for our family. They're all waiting inside, ready to perform at the festival for you and all of humanity. Focus on that. Okay, but after this, Sarah is the first person we fix. We might have to do it one at a time, but I'm not going to turn into what Nicholas was. Come on. Together, they walked back into the green glade of the amphitheater. The other elves, Sam and Kelly, and Emily waited on the other side. The elves continually looked around as though they might see Krampus creeping across the starlit plain. Sam and Kelly held each other's hands, squatting down on their haunches and looking alert. Emily walked over to Liam and Elfie as they entered. So how'd that go? Liam shook his head. Talk about it after. I'm going to ramp up the aura a little to chill everyone out. They all look a little spooked. Elfie shivered as the wave of energy radiated out from Liam. She saw the elves relax, each pair's hands starting to grope one another. Careful, master, or you'll get the party started a little early. As if in response, on the opposite side of the meadow, a door started to open. Liam had seen many surreal things in the past few days, but nothing quite like seeing a hole cut in reality. From what he could discern over the distance, it opened into a stone hallway lit by torchlight rather than electric bulbs like the workshop. From this doorway in reality, Krampus emerged. The other fae looked similar to what Liam expected, except much larger. Krampus's hooves left deep divots in the ground as he walked. The top of his head was eight feet from the bottom of his hooves, but his horns stretched another two feet above that, curving to sinister points above his scalp. A shaggy mane of black, well-kept hair framed an angular face with a blunt nose, wide golden eyes, and a wide mouth beset with sharp teeth and a long, forked tongue. His skin gleamed in the starlight, a pale blue color on the face and torso that darkened into near black at his navel. His muscular chest bore no hair, but a thick pelt developed at his waist, covering his thighs and legs in hair. He wore nothing to conceal his cock. Liam did not know a creature could exist with a dick bigger than his own, but Krampus's hung down at least fifteen inches, flat at the tip like that of an equine. A wispy, long tail flicked behind him as he stalked across the amphitheater, his eyes full of wonder and eagerness. Behind him came the satyrs, a dozen of them all of similar shape and different coloring. They looked small beside their master, but most of them were at least six foot or more. The males had thicker hair across their chests and down their backs before turning into shaggy curls down their legs. They clearly had their own excitement building at the sight of the elves as many of their cocks were already swelling to sizable lengths. Like their master, they had horns curving out of their heads, but none were as prodigious as Krampus's. The females had heavy breasts clear of any fur or hair. Their entire underbellies were bare, 
but their backsides were covered in short curls. Of the six females, five had rings through their nipples. The sixth bore a ring through her nose. Their faces were not blunted like Krampus's, nor were they muzzled like Sam or Kelly, falling somewhere between the two for an unearthly shape that Liam could not deny as beautiful in its way. All of the satyrs remained clustered around their master as they approached the midpoint between the two magical doors. Liam walked out to meet them with his closest four gathered around him. He knew he no longer needed to stoke their libidos with his magic. The elves were all ready to frenzy, and Emily had started leaking milk while gazing at the various shapes of the satyrcocks. As they approached, Krampus brought a clawed hand up to stroke his chin in mock contemplation. Santa, you look different. New Santa. Liam answered. I've come to honor the festival. Uh, Elfie, am I supposed to say something specific here? Krampus's long tongue flicked between his teeth and he sighed. Honestly, it's good to see some new faces. Old Saint Nick was outside of the times, if you asked me. Krampus's lamp-like eyes turned to Elfie. You're prettier than the last one made you. Closer to what you look like in Fae. Strangely close even, but I doubt you remember that by now. All the same, good to see you. He clapped his hands. No need to stand on ceremony, my new friend. What do they call you? Liam. He answered. I know you only as Krampus. For that is my name. We Fay have singular names. Some superlatives, some embellishments. But I am Krampus and I am the only Krampus. That is all. As you clearly know, the king and queen of Fay sent me and Elfie into the world of men to bring balance to their spirits of joy. Or something like that. The king and queen are mad after all. We commemorate this agreement with the trading of partners on the yearly occasion of the great solstice. There, that's enough words. I'm excited by your new selection. His eyes turned to Emily and then to Sam. Damned agreement should have specified that I get to pick. You know sometimes you're just in the mood for a particular kind of tightness, but alas that is not the way it was written. For my part, I offer Aftal. He stuck out his hand and a satirist who lacked the nipple piercing stepped forward. May your hearts be likened as the pair of you joined together in the carnal bliss. Krampus turned back to look at Liam. Santa's eyes were distant and his mouth agape. Pairs. He whispered. You don't have a pairing, do you Krampus? That was part of the deal originally. A mortal gets to have a fae, so I get to have Elfie, right? But you weren't satisfied with whatever they offered you, so you refused. Or whatever, hang on. I think I'm understanding something. That's what this whole festival thing is all about. Settling the original deal. This one sounds like he's dreamed of Faye his whole life, Elfie. Krampus said. I would think you told him, but that's been burned away after all these years. I'm right though, aren't I? You're on the right path, but I can already tell you that your selection doesn't have anything to offer me that I haven't dash. No. Of course not, because Santa always brings the people who he keeps with him year-round. People like him, with joy in their heart that they want to spread to the rest of mankind. But that's not your style, is it, Crampy? Look, we've just met, let's keep it to Krampadash, ah, uh, sure. This all makes too much sense. The timing of her showing up. The fact that Nicholas fell in front of my shooty car. Hang on, wait here. Nobody move. Without another word, Liam ran back through the door, leaving Krampus and Avdal looking very confused and disappointed. Elfie shrugged. Sorry, he's new? Sarah scrolled through her phone looking for someone to call or somewhere to go. Liam had been Annette. Now she had nothing. Her parents would take her back for a while, but that would be the end of her dreams. They'd never let her go back to L.A. At best, she'd wind up in some office job shuffling papers while batting eyes at the guy who had the least serious drinking problem in hopes that she could latch on to him. The urge to cry had become less theatrical and more of a deep movement of sorrow within her. It vanished as Liam barged back into the room. Sarah, come with me! He didn't wait for her to respond. He grabbed her by the waist, tossed her over his shoulder, and headed back down the corridors. His strength and speed surprised her. He moved her around like a rag doll, but the stranger thing passed on either side of her as they moved. Doors, a dozen on either side before the first turn. Another set after that. The house couldn't possibly be that big. When Liam finally stopped and set her down, it was before an immense wooden door that looked like it belonged on the front of a castle not buried inside a farmhouse in the middle of nowhere. Sarah, look, none of this is going to make any sense. What I want you to do is look deep inside yourself and see if you can find any reason to trust me. We were together for a long time, and you know me well enough. Do you believe that I want what is best for you? She didn't want to admit it. Yes, I think so. But boy, do I have some fucking questions. Where the hell are we for one? About to be somewhere else. Try not to scream, I guess. 
He grabbed the massive ring on the side of the door and pulled. It opened to a different world, one populated by shadows that didn't resolve into proper images until he guided her through into the amphitheater. As her eyes adjusted to the starlight, she saw a gathering of creatures that did not make sense. Short, buxom women standing beside half-naked men with pointy ears. Two humanids that looked like a deer crossed with a human. She recognized the big-breasted woman, but didn't understand why she was mostly naked with a swollen womb, gargantuan ass, and leaking nipples. The woman in the elf costume at least made sense in a way, but beyond stood a creature of nightmare. An immense, horned demon staring at her with wide golden eyes. Other monsters surrounded him, openly stroking thick erections or toying with their breasts. With a strong hand on her back, Liam guided her toward the giant demon. She wanted to react, but something about his eyes enthralled her. They peered down like deep pools of molten gold. Krampus, this is Sarah. Sarah, how you holding up? Is it a costume? Where are we? How is there a massive grassland in your house? Liam rested his hand on her shoulder and looked to Krampus. Don't worry, she'll work it out in a second. So long as she's willing, I offer her to you. A mortal? He responded with a hiss, but his eyes betrayed his interest. His tone softened. In thousands of years, not once has your kind offered a mortal to me. But the reason is obvious, Liam. His hand gripped the massive cock between his legs. She'd be torn in half. No, because she's not just a mortal. She's your bonding. Ask her to become fey-bound with you, then she will be shaped to how you desire. Just like I was remade for Elfie. Krampus's face contorted into confusion before anger, but then into understanding. His eyes dimmed. The other satyrs started whispering between themselves. Avda looked to her master with giddy excitement. Krampus crouched down in front of Sarah. I can see into your heart. He said. It is broken and torn. You think me a monster, and perhaps I am. But your friend has struck close to my heart with this offer. I do not know if he's right, but I am willing to try. If you'll have me, Sarah, then I will bond with you. You will sit by my side as Faye. Sarah looked from the demonic face to Liam, then to the others gathered around waiting her answer. She never had so much attention in her life, and she liked it. Her eyes drifted back to the creature's massive cock. Krampus's face had softened, and she found it rather charming in a bestial sort of way. Turning back to Liam. I don't understand what's happening. What does he mean bond? Elfie answered. Means to fuck a lot, like me and Santa. Liam shot her a severe glare. It means that you'll bond with him. You'll probably be able to do magic, like me. That's what's happening, Sarah. I think you realized it the second you saw my house, and now your brain is resisting what's right in front of it. We're all magical here except for you. I can tell you the whole story afterward, but for now you have to make a decision. I don't make decisions, Liam. You should know that better than anyone. I just roll with what happens, and when I get scared I run back to something that I trust. Then if you trust me, he said, trust that I don't think any two souls can be more matched than you and Krampus. You mean the horrific, giant demon? She said with a half-smirk. I mean the fae who has lived with half a heart for far too long. Sarah understood. She pulled Liam down and kissed his cheek. Turning to face Krampus, something within her loosened and then vanished, like a weight that had been tied around every limb of her body her whole life being suddenly released. She stepped closer to Krampus. I'll have you, she said. She leaned close to his face and kissed. His dark lips pressed against hers until his tongue snaked into her mouth, wrapped around hers, and squeezed. Sarah expected to be horrified, but instead a twinge of excitement ran through her. Krampus's arms wrapped around her, lifting her up while moving his mouth down her neck. His tail flicked at her legs as his claws shredded her clothes down the back. Cheers went up from the gathered creatures, but Sarah didn't care. A burning need started to spread within her. She wanted his cock inside her, even if it did tear her in half. His smooth chest was cold to the touch, but she sensed a fire building within him as well. Shaking off her torn shirt and bra, her hands moved up to his face stroking his cheeks as they kissed. Krampus's claws kept at their work, shearing away her pants and underwear. For a moment she worried that the others would see her naked, but that passed as she looked around to see others beginning their own fun. Liam had taken Oppo by the hand and laid her down in the grass. His clothes vanished to reveal his massive candy cane cock. Sarah's old jealousy flared for a moment, but that only incensed Krampus's lust. They both stole glances at the other couple as Abdul's hooves raised up and wrapped around Liam's torso as he sunk into her hot depths. Sarah's hips flexed in response, finding the head of Krampus's massive cock pressed against her folds. The head alone would painfully stretch her.
She desperately wanted him inside of her though. The changes began. Her legs cracked and reshaped, but caused her no pain. Bones lengthened and muscle compounded. Within seconds, Sarah grew to seven feet tall. Her feet reformed into hooves like her mate, and a soft pelt of black fur covered her legs. Her hips widened to match a lush ass that rivaled Emily's, but Sarah's had the added allure of a devilish tail wiggling its way into existence over the cleft between her cheeks. Her stomach toned into hard muscle as her breasts swelled bigger and bigger, pressing into Krampus's cold chest while her skin turned to a slightly darker shade of blue, going to purple around her nipples. Horns curled out of her head, spiraling over themselves several times. The hair on top of her head thickened into raven black locks that fell down to the small of her back. Her incisors lengthened into fangs. Yet none of that mattered to her as much as the changes taking place between her legs. Her pussy lips plumped into thick pads that welcomed the pressure being applied by the head of Krampus's cock. Her insides rearranged themselves to match her new body. But her mate did not want to wait, nor did she. Krampus's golden eyes took on a brighter hue as he started to lower Sarah down onto his cock. She groaned in a voice deeper than the one she'd had her whole life. As the massive, flat head of his cock popped into her newly plump folds, Sarah knew she had found the piece of herself that had been missing for longer than she could remember. She wailed with pleasure, wrapped her cloven feet around Krampus's back, and pulled herself down hard on his full length. Krampus moaned in her ear as her tight pussy squeezed the full length of his cock. For thousands of years, the offerings of humanity had failed to give him someone to truly complete him, but finally he had that person in his arms. He held her tight, remaining buried inside her, as she kissed his neck and face. Agonizingly slowly, her hips started to raise and fuck him with a maddened vigor. Liam could sense the energy building around the meadow. A change had rippled through the entire world as Sarah changed to become Krampus's greatest desire. That ripple affected everyone. His hands ran up the wonderful flanks of Avdol's body. He squeezed her ass and brought her strange mouth to his in passionate kisses. She offered him her breasts, and he relished the taste of her. Her hand gripped the hair on the back of his head as he thrust into her again and again, marveling at the feeling of her warmth enveloping his cock. Her husky moans drove him wild, but they were lost to everyone else but him. Across the meadow, the others found partners for themselves. Emily claimed the satyr sporting the biggest cock. She offered him her ass first, and he gladly accepted. The fawns picked a pair of satyrs for a somewhat secluded foursome near the far door, constantly switching partners and sharing each other's bodies completely. While Sarah's horns grew into position, Sam shoved his cock into the satyr's ass while Kelly tongued the satyrus's slit and received her partner's tongue in her ass as a reward. The elves took the remaining members of Krampus's cabal in pairs or trios. The satyrus's had each of their holes filled with an elf cock while the satyrs got their balls sucked, their asses tongued, and their dicks wetted by whichever elf orifice was ready for more. All of them let out cries of orgasmic pleasure at regular intervals, but they all gave their attention to the deep thrum emanating from Krampus and Sarah. Krampus tossed her over onto the meadow ground. She raised her ass up at him, flicking her tail eagerly as he repositioned. His gargantuan cock glistened with their mingled juices in the starlight. He pressed it back into her hot canal with a satisfied howl. Their muscles twitched as they started to fuck. Sarah's new claws dug scars into the ground, and her hooves created deep ruts as she pushed back to increase her leverage. She wanted to feel him deeper. She wanted him to fuck her harder. She wanted to scream with pure bliss, and she knew it would happen soon. Though she had not noticed them before her change, Krampus's balls were enormous to match his cock. They slapped forward with each of his thrusts, sending a special spark through her body. She understood what even Krampus had forgotten. She understood why the doors of Faye had been closed, and why Krampus had been denied a mate. Krampus was no Faye of good spirit or animosity, or whatever other vague feeling that required magical governance. Krampus was a Faye of fertility. And Sarah was about to be bred. She squealed and pushed her plump ass hard up against Krampus. His balls gave a final wet slap against her engorged lips, and cum surged up his length. He roared as orgasm sent his muscles into rigid lock. His claws dug into Sarah's new, thick ass, not breaking the skin, but giving her a twinge of pleasurable pain. Her walls throbbed in time with each spasm of his thick cock as it sprayed come into her depths. She knew her belly would swell with their young, creating the first fey offspring in millennia. Orgasm tore through her whole being, drawing a primal cry from her lungs that echoed through the whole meadow. More cum blasted into her, spilling out around his throbbing shaft as his body collapsed against hers. Liam didn't know what had changed until he erupted inside Avdol's squeezing canal. As his seed emptied inside of her he understood. He'd not thought of fertility until that moment, 
accepting that magical beings must reproduce in some other arcane fashion. With Krampus's soul completed though, that became a silly thought. Optal stroked his face, clearly understanding the gift she'd been given. One session guaranteed nothing though, Liam knew, as he flipped over his breeding satyrus and shoved his dripping cock back into her. He only gave her a few thrusts before arms snaked around his chest, sharp claws dragging across his skin. A forked tongue tickled at his ear as Sarah whispered. That's it, Liam, breed that slutty snatch. Sarah's hands moved down to beneath them and squeezed her old lover's balls, causing him to erupt in optal again. As his cock continued to spurt, Sarah pulled it out and shoved it down her throat, letting her strange tongue tease at Liam's balls while he poured spunk into her throat. Krampus did the same for Avdal, except his cock was too big so it mostly smeared across her lips as she did her best to lick his cock clean. As Sarah drained him, Elfie walked up beside Liam, some satyrs come caked on her stomach. She drew him into a deep kiss. You've done it, Liam. You might have blundered into it, but you changed everything. Don't worry. I haven't let any of them finish inside me since they broke the seal. My first young will be yours. She laid back on the grass, and Sarah knew exactly what to do. She guided Liam down between Elfie's legs and positioned his cock at the entrance to her pussy. Sarah gave him a quick lick on the cheek as he thrust into Elfie, then Sarah turned her attention to pleasuring the elf as best she could. As Elfie squealed with pleasure, Sarah straddled her face, careful not to crush the elf under her massive thighs. She smiled luridly at Liam as he fucked the elf's pussy. He leaned forward and took Sarah's swollen breasts into his mouth, greedily sucking at her nipples until he came again, filling Elfie up with cum Krampus found his way over to Emily. His hands admired her already swollen belly as he promised to fill it with his spawn. He tried to be careful with her, spearing her on half his length before she forced the rest of him inside of her. Mrs. Claus moaned for a few moments before another satyr shoved his cock in her mouth. Sam had an elf pinned underneath him, pumping cum into her tight snatch. Kelly had her third of the satyr's cocks in her ass and an elf's pussy under her tongue. Jacob the elf wedged his cock between the nipple-pierced breasts of a satyrus and erupted, coating her chest in his spunk. Kiko moaned as two other elves fucked both her holes in tandem. Slowly, they all exhausted themselves, collapsing into piles of sweaty or furry limbs. Some made quiet chatter, others whispered lovely words in each other's ears. A few started up again in slow, passionate movements. Liam laid with Elfie in his arms. Krampus and Sarah huddled together nearby. Eventually, they all turned their eyes up to the strange set of stars. So what happens now? Liam asked. Everyone had said their goodbyes and left the meadow except for himself, Elfie, Krampus, and Sarah. I'm not sure, Krampus said. I shouldn't have teased you, Elfie. Seems I had forgotten just as much as you had. His hand moved to Sarah's belly. This will certainly change things. Mortals and Fae having children together. They'll be loved among our kind, but they'll be of two worlds. From what I remember, that created a huge fucking mess in the last era. What about my end, the whole happiness of mankind thing? Krampus grinned. That I do know a bit about. You'll have my help from now on. Our help. Like you said, master. Elfie agreed. Even if we have to fix one heart at a time. Elfie, I've been meaning to say, no more of this master stuff. Liam is fine for everyone, including you. Oh no, Liam, the magic that binds us together prevents me from oh. Liam. Liam, Liam, Liam. You're Liam. What the fuckity fuck? I can use your name now. She jumped on his hips and kissed him hard. That'd mean the cycle is broken on your end too, Elfie. No more restarting for you. Hope you like Liam cause you're stuck with him from now on. Krampus wrapped his arm around Sarah. I have the word of a good woman that says he means well enough. Well, we should be going. I have some changes of my own to start making. Liam, I cannot ever thank you for what you've done. He grabbed the slightly smaller man in a hard embrace. Sarah hugged Liam next. I don't know what I expected when I came to see you, but certainly not this. I feel, I don't have the words, but if there's another person in the world who can understand what you've given me, I think you do. She kissed his cheek. I'll love you for that, always. She then gave Elfie a sultry kiss. You and I will have to play more by ourselves. Liam and Elfie watched the two other Fae leave, disappearing through the far door with a final wave. When will we see them again? Liam asked as they returned to their own realm. The doors seal after the festival. Go on, close it, and you'll see the mortar form around the frame. Elfie crossed her arms and waited as the door shut, closing off the starry meadow. They waited, but nothing happened. Curious, Liam jerked open the door and stuck his head through only to see Krampus doing the same on the other side. It still works. 
Krampus called. Guess we're neighbors. He gave a roguish grin and disappeared again. Liam shut the door and smiled as nothing changed. They waited a full ten minutes simply staring at the door. Liam checked it again, pleased to find it still open. Elfie, are we the only fae left? There's a flat stone in front of our door, and one across the way at Krampus's. There's more of them and all around the ring. More doors that we can't see. I don't know, Liam. She said with a pleased hop. Guess we'll have to keep watch.